evening. Good evening, everybody. It's great to be back. Had another big week. And this is the traditional end of the work week, though it will not actually end tonight. We've got tonight, but we've also got tomorrow for the Saturday night special here in the beautiful month of April, 2023. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, of course, because uh, it could be just as bad of a month as a good one, depending on who you are, where you come from, and what the hell you've been inundated with. But we try to keep it balanced over here. Last night's show has been getting a lot of great feedback. I've got a couple of things to read to you tonight, some emails, and I'm sure that more are going to roll in after our time with Dr. Albert Taylor. Um, but uh, we've got great guests that are here with us in studio. We're going to have another guest calling in for a short little spot at 8.30. That's Robert Phoenix. Robert Phoenix is going to be calling in for about 10 to 15 minutes at 8.30 p.m., to give us a little bit of insight into what what kind of window had opened and closed, maybe, over the last 48 hours, because we know that the hi- historical bloodletting and ritual sacrifice that is uh, is known to take place on April 19th and 20th over the millennia is very well known. As I said before, about a week ago, Greg Reese put out a wonderful piece on on the on April 19th, April 20th. So we're all just kind of. You know, you just keep your eye open. Everything from Waco to, I mean, so many, so many odd and distressing events. But now that it's the 21st, let's bring on Robert and close out the week for about 15 minutes at the end. But for now, let's uh, let's get you guys acquainted with uh, some people in the room. Matt, what's going on, dude? Hello, Francis. How you feeling? I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. Was work good today? I hated it. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay because now we're all fine. Everything and, and, and on the other side of the room, a return guest, Shane Cashman, is back. What's going on, Shane? What's good? It's good to be back. Dude, I love this show. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you're here. You've been doing a lot of traveling. A little bit. A I'm lot dizzy. Of, I'm dizzy. Matt, he, he's been. I mean, just last week he was hanging out with uh, Alex Jones and and Tim That's Pool. Cool. And yeah. well, he's always hanging out with Tim. That's got to be fun to hang out with Alex Jones. It was a good time. I mean, I, I can say I, I hung out with them, but technically I'm lying because I was there in D.C. in the November rally. <laughs> uh, I was I was really close to him. Yeah, yeah. Hanging out with him is like hanging out with a shaman. That's how it is. He's like a, a freak poet does who, he, who's does tapped he, into a higher level. Does he listen to you? Does he listen more when he's off air? Or does he? Does he still? Is it always in radio mode where it's just it, it, it toggles between the two? But he's a gentleman. Yeah. Like he's a, a really good listener. He's very hyper aware. He's listening. Yeah, it, it's great. It's just like how he is if you watch him. Sometimes you get the uh, hyper uh, Alex who's screaming like a madman, and sometimes you get a very subdued one. You know, I saw him on Friday, last Friday, a week ago, mm-hmm. twice. So we did a show together for Tim's show, the Culture War podcast, eight o'clock in the morning with Luke Rukowski. Tim and Alex. I saw that's I, that's probably incredible. what I was seeing. It was a lot of fun. Very down to earth, chill. Alex just dropping bombs. Like everything was an, a good bit of information. I imagine him when he's talking. It's like there's a lot of little Alex Jones inside of him working, like getting the files <laughs> out of the file cabinet, yeah. and be like, okay, you need this one now. You can see him searching for it. But then at night, uh, in front of a live audience, you, you see the other Alex where he's jumping off the stage. Yeah. I don't. He might have been crowd surfing. It was amazing. Damn. <laughs> 
Can you imagine, can you imagine uh, being He's at a concert? He's just adding a little entertainment <laughs> That's to right. it. That's right. That's all. Being at a concert and having an Alex Jones-sized person jumping off of the stage, <laughs> you better, all of your friends, you better oh, have yeah. a couple, you better have some backup. Oh, yeah. That is a, uh, that's a dense man. Well, anyway, that's, that, it's incredible. Because I see it, it popping up, popping off all over the place. In fact, the last time we spoke, you were here in, well, we, we speak off yeah. air, but the last time you were here, you had just gotten back from that trip, your three or four days with Kanye West. Yeah. And, wow. And uh, another lifetime. And that was a that was a big day for you. I mean, yeah. you've had a pretty incredible ten months. Yeah, it was crazy. That day that I did the show here the first time, I was we published that on my way over here, and texting with Kanye on the way over, and then and then sitting down. I was at that point dizzy. I didn't you know I thought that was going to be the peak of the year. Uh, that was like the end of last year, I guess. But yeah, that was a crazy time crazy it was well, a blast uh, so obviously because when you know this was probably around uh the holidays late holidays around the new year everybody's like he's he's disappeared first thing i thought to myself <laughs> is he's probably making an album right do you have any inside inside knowledge as to why we haven't heard from him is it, is it music related uh so i don't know specifically a lot of it but i can say for, from for two different perspectives one that has met him and one that is just a fan as a fan we've seen him dip out so many times after a controversial moment like that's his pattern especially when it comes to making stuff he'll say the taylor swift thing uh you know that happened the world was on fire it was ridiculous and then he he bounced went to i believe hawaii and wrote twisted fantasy um and that seems to be his thing where he'll take command of the entire world's uh attention blow it up and then dip out mm. uh so that's from a fan's perspective and then from from someone who's known him uh, or, or knew him, you know, we don't really talk. We haven't talked, I guess, since around Christmas. Uh, but from that month, I guess, after I came back home from LA, he and I were talking a lot on the phone, uh, writing but, lyrics and stuff and all that. So, like, I, he was in music, he was doing music and he was focusing on songs. So, uh, from what I can hear, he's he's been focusing on music, which is what I hope is the case. Yeah, you know, I, I have some, I, if we get around to it tonight, because there's so much that we can dip into. But there, speaking of dipping, but um, there's so much we can jump into. But I did have this one screenshot from 4chan. Hmm. Um, I forgot from how long ago, but uh, but I said so this is going to be a really good one for a night like with you guys or a Saturday night. It's some deep lore, um, some deep Will Smith Tupac Shakur lore. Ooh. That Will Smith was the one who killed Tupac. Ooh, I haven't oh, heard this one. Because yeah. he was jealous because Jada yeah. loved Tupac okay, since yeah. they were in high school. But no, no but listen. That well, listen. Up. Huh. You know, every, you, it, it, the, the boards are a great place to go and LARP a little bit, and <laughs> some are better than others. And uh -huh. who knows? Uh -huh. But it's it's really interesting to consider. Oh, yeah. This is up there with, uh, I heard someone in Austin the other day say that Jim Carrey became Joe Biden. <laughs> Which also, whoever said that at the bar at the Vulcan in Austin, I think you're on to something. Oh, wow. My <laughs> Check gosh. the ears, man. They were taped up. You don't know. There's a lot of things being taped and <laughs> snipped, and it's, oh, my gosh, it's just incredible. Speaking of, here's a little bit of, uh, I, I want to I thank my sponsors tonight. That is BlueMonsterPrep.com. Now, I don't know what's going on with, with Rumble. Rumble was acting very, very weird. I scheduled what's going. I scheduled the show tonight just fine. When I got here to the studio, the entire Rumble site was was having a hard time loading for me. And now I'm getting people telling me that Rumble's out. It's just MIA, huh. and I can see it. There's something something going on there. But so we're still on Theta and Foxhole, which is on Quite Frankly TV, and Twitch. We're still on YouTube. We're still on Odyssey and Rockfin. So. 
plenty of places to watch. I just I wish that I don't know what the hell's going on. Oh, it's rumbling fine for some people. They say it's it's good now. All right, well it's okay. Well, it is there. I don't know what the hell. Anyway, thank you everybody that's watching, and thank you to my sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com. This is a get in touch with them over the weekend while you're taking care of things around the house. Talk to Pat and Gina. See where you should start for how little money it is uh, to start with food or water or whatever. Get yourself a pair of radios. Um, go ahead and do it. Go to uh, we're going to have my buddy Tony from Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. He's going to be on with us Monday for a short set. I can't wait to talk to him, but. Over the weekend, go to the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv and um, and see what you may need because we've got hookups to wonderful all-American businesses that you will not regret patronizing. All right. Okay, so let's get into some let's get into some grab bag articles here. The first one up is this. There's an Indian man. This is from Oddity Central. An Indian man builds his own Titanic-shaped villa. A is it underwater? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Wait until you see this thing. A farmer in India's West Bengal state has been working on an unusual-looking house modeled after the famous RMS Titanic ship that sank after colliding with an iceberg. I it does not look like that. <laughs> that, that does not is the like. generic version <laughs> of like the a, Titanic. That does it's not like a fucking eight-year-old wow. build it. it was like, <laughs> it's, it's like a four-year-old's artwork. <laughs> You're supposed to be proud of it. Yeah, is it like an installation? Is it art? Is he going to live in that thing? What I is don't going on there? No, it's just it's not flattering at all. Wow, it looks like from an early like Call of Duty, uh, you know, game. Yeah, you know, it, it looks like SOCOM too. Right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Mintu Roy, a man from Bengal's <coughs> Darjeeling uh, district, has been dreaming of living in a house shaped <laughs> like the Titanic. Well, he's not. I guess he's got to wait a little bit longer. Uh, since he was a small child growing up in Kolkata, one year during Durga Puja festival, he was so impressed with the Titanic-shaped pandal, a uh, temporary structure built to venerate gods during Hindu religious celebrations, that he decided to one day build his own house to resemble the iconic passenger liner. Today, at age 52, Roy still hasn't given up on his dream, and he's working hard to finish his already impressive Titanic house. Yeah. It's just, I'm... I, mean, I will say, good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Like, that's great. But from here, without my glasses on, it looks like a toilet with windows. No. Yeah, it looks it's, like it'll collapse at any moment. Right. Well, maybe he's trying to emulate how the Titanic ended as That's well. It. An easy way <laughs> to the death of your dream. Yeah, which version of the Titanic are you talking about? Someone <laughs> could have at least given the guy a coloring book or something. Wait, well, technically, isn't he wrong? Because the Titanic was in the Titanic, right? Wasn't the Titanic the, uh, the Olympia Olympic. of the Olympic? Yeah. Oh, did no one tell him this? It's, he, he doesn't know that the he, Titanic was part of wasted, a major <laughs> swindle? He wasted all those years, all that time and effort for nothing. Wow. I wonder if he's going to try to bring water into that. Did he dry out a lake or something? He's going to fill it up. This looks like everything. From I have the, a lot of questions. From, from the bow to every, it looks like it's all concrete. Yeah, it's paper mache. This is not seafaring. <laughs> no, this, this is not seafaring. Good for well, him, well, though. I'm happy to see people fulfill their dreams as sloppy as they might be. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, here, uh, here's another one. Uh, another guy who's fulfilling somebody's dream. <laughs> John Fetterman. He look at, listen to this headline. After a whirlwind year. John Fetterman is back in the Senate. Thank God. Dude, I can't, honestly can't tell if we're still looking at a picture of that Titanic or not. I know. He, he looks bad. Oh, it's, it's, it's a good brutal. thing he's back. We need, you know, we need someone competent. Yes, another in corpse in, yeah. in office. Well, you have to, you've you got to hear this. Have you ever heard of depression uh, being in remission? 
Hmm. That's like a I, new modern term. As if it's a cancer. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. I, that I, sounds like something they'd start selling to I us. I know what depression feels like. <laughs> For sure. But I, I've never heard, well, your depression is in remission right, right. now, Frank. Right. I've never heard that before. Uh, hmm. This is what they're saying. Who is he? John Fetterman is a recently elected, de- oh, well, let me just get around here. He's problems at forefront to tenure so far. May, he uh, suffered from stroke, NPR's Lexi Chaparral and whatever, blah, 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 blah. Let's get around to this. What's the big deal? Fetterman's public acknowledgement of his own mental health struggles is rare for politicians, as his depression has become increasingly common challenge for Americans. I wonder why. <laughs> is this a new clone? Because remember that picture came out from a few weeks ago. That Very yeah, mm-hmm. way weird, right? Yeah, people were saying that it had to be with it was it was lenses and all that stuff because oh, he, that what it was? He looks like the old version now. Right, again. it's kind of like when they put out the Sonic image from before the movie, and people were like, "That's not Sonic," and they went back to the drawing board and gave you a better Sonic. They did that to this guy. It, it, oh, oh, yeah. When they screwed up, and I, I never saw that. I never oh, no. saw it. But I saw the controversy when yeah. they, when they start saying this is what the new Sonic is going to look like, <sighs> and it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. So, um, they, I, I, I thought that was fun. But here's the thing: after six weeks of treatment at Walter Reed Medical uh, Center neuro, uh, neuropsychology unit, Fetterman says his doctor told him his depression was in remission, hmm. which is. It made me think of the uh, "I'm not gay anymore" guy. <laughs> the screaming. It, it, it's as yeah. con- it's as convincing as convincing as the "I'm not gay" guy. Wasn't right. the best I'm thing? I'm not to... gay no more. <laughs> I am delivered. <laughs> I don't like men no more. Men. I like women. Women, 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 women. I like women. I'm not gay. I'm not depressed. <laughs> I, so I, I, that could easily be a Key and Peel sketch. Uh, you know, it, it looks like him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just, uh, it's a meme in itself. I don't know. Whenever so, you're depressed, you should just keep busy. Yeah. Not stay home or do whatever this right Frankenstein did. Right. Lock yourself in a basement or in a, in a yeah. dark room and, and not. It just see makes people. it worse. Yeah. He'd, he'd be able to do that if it weren't for the fact that he was being pushed around, playing this role of. Uh-huh. Uh, a United States senator. I, it, it, listen, after you, you you suffer some kind of a cognitive injury like that, a neurological injury like a stroke, I mean, your your recovery, you're going to need a lot of support, and you're going to have to deal with a lot of different things in, in, a, in a life that has now dramatically changed, sometimes forever, because there are people who make full recoveries from strokes, and yeah. thank God for it. But uh, this would be a, a tough situation to be in one way or another, but the fact that they are pushing him to LARP as a United States senator, one of 100 people, is... Uh, that, Look, jokes aside, I feel really bad for him. I do. If, if he's actually him and it's not some third-generation clone, like, did you see the video of him opening up the one hearing recently where he's reading the introduction from the from whatever's written out in front of him? No. It was brutal. I mean, it was it was like watching Biden. I mean, it, we have a president who's propped up. He To me, he's either a corpse or a deep, a deep fake, you know, when I see videos of Biden. So... It's Fetterman is just a, another version of that, and we seem to be okay with that in politics. Yeah, yeah. Well, well those uh, <coughs> those those debates mm. with Oz, mm. uh, brutal enough. Uh-huh. I, if you know, I don't go looking for any anything having to do with this guy because it's scary. Yeah, I, I feel bad for him, and then I'm also like, you know, when you see some something uh, like that, you just say, "Oh, God forbid," and you say a prayer because you just please, you know. 
I got to. I, I don't want that to happen to me. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and think about all the people who voted for him, who really did believe in him. If they, you know, we can we can debate the election results, but the people who actually looked at him and thought that was a viable <laughs> option is just as scary as him in office. Again, it's it's Pennsylvania, so you just don't know how many people there actually were. <laughs> yeah. They they found the votes. I mean, at the end numeric yeah. numerically he did not overcome Oz, but yep. you just don't know anymore. Yep. Um listen to this though. Here's the last one for the grab bag. This is a headline I've been waiting to do for a couple of days cuz it has to do with a a new weight loss drug. Uh, it, it's one of a, a class of new weight loss drugs um that are a lot of people were excited about, but are, are actually causing a lot of, you know, trouble for people now. It's called Ozempic. Oh, those, isn't that the commercial? Oh, oh, oh. They, uh, <laughs> no, that's O'Reilly. O'Reilly? Yeah. Auto parts. They, they, they took that, so- that song. Um, I hate huh. you, Kathy Lee Gifford. Ozempic users report bizarre dreams. Viral <laughs> weight loss drugs trigger vivid celebrity-filled night visions buying cabinets from Clint Eastwood. Uh, Sherry McLemore was recently enjoying watching a parade of cows and bulls at a cattle auction with actor Matthew McConaughey. Uh, then she started. Then he started climbing atop the small pet llama she had bought. She had to raise her voice to tell him to stop. Fine, you can stay with your llama, but I'm leaving. Mr. McConaughey screamed before storming off. Then Miss McLemore woke up. Her trip to a cattle auction with one of Hollywood's leading men was one of the dreams that Miss McElmore had since February when she had begun taking one of the powerful new weight loss drugs that have become viral sensations in recent months. Ozempic and other similar medications are doing more than helping people tighten belts and fit into old outfits. Many users are reporting bizarre, vivid, eerily realistic night visions that bear no resemblance to their past dreams. The Ozempic dreams they have been reporting are downright wacky. Among the plots people have posted on social media groups, joining the cast of the Golden Girls (laughs) and preparing to rob a museum with Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. (laughs) I'm carrying your baby, one dreamer recalled telling Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who she thought, judging by his reaction, was open to blending their families. (laughs) <laughs> the overnights, the overnight spectacles, are a side effect of drugs such as Ozempic and Wigovi, uh, Wigovi from Novo Nordisk, and Monjaro from Ella, Eli Lilly and Company. The companies originally developed the drugs which require the weekly injections to treat diabetes, only to discover that they were much better than older diet drugs at helping people lose weight with manageable risks. Now, right, so it's kind of a steroid kind of thing, almost. I listen. I have an old client. I keep in touch with a lot of my old clients because they were uh, they became friends, and she told me that she she went on one of these things, and I said, why, mm. why? You know, uh, she worried about insulin, but also just wanted to have a head start with the with the working out. I said, even if you get to where you want to be, you eventually have to put your hands back on the wheel. What what you what are you doing here? And now she hasn't had any of these these issues so far. But the reason why I saw this and a few other things popping up because there was another guy talking about how now that they're watching a lot of these, uh, the results of the, the, the weight being lost, people are losing weight. But what they're realizing is that two-thirds, up to two-thirds in some cases, of the weight that's being lost is lean tissue. 
So whereas people are dropping weight, they're getting fatter so, because it's eating away at their muscle and not a lot of fat. Skinny fat. So that's even worse than like that's uh, not good. That's uh, not skinny fats being. Uh, it's worse than being fat fat. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. No, it is. Yeah. And now and now we have yeah skinny nightmares walking around. This is the true dystopia. Shit. Is they, who, who are the parent companies here, and what are they what are they involved? Well, in? it also sounds like a drug that would have taken in high school. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I actually th I'm thinking about trying it right now to see if do we have I some in, in studio. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to hang out with Sly Stallone. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, works. you can, you, you know. Let's get this. Swim, don't. Don't. Swim, <laughs> you can swim with the dolphins for a little while with Sly Stallone yeah. in the Caribbean. No, well, Eli Lilly is the Monjaro. Uh, okay. Novo Nordisk made the Wigovi. I don't know who does the Ozempic, but um, here's a, the, the FDA had approved Wigovi for losing weight while diabetes treatment Monjaro is under review for that use. Ozempic, which has the same ingredient as Wigovi, is approved to treat diabetes but is widely used for weight loss. Fueled by celebrity endorsements, use has taken off on Facebook again. Well, you know what? Crypto was uh, was was endorsed by a lot of FTX was endorsed by a lot of celebrities as well mm -hmm. on Facebook and other social media platforms thousands of traded tips on where to find scarce supplies and how to manage the side effects including sulfur tasting burps wow wow you're turning yourself into like a bog in a nightmare yeah a biblical bog a biblical bog because you know Holy sulfur crap. sulfur and hell go hand in hand yes uh, they've also celebrated non-scale victories, such as buckling a seatbelt more easily. That's always nice. Um, strange dreams are another hot topic, prompting some users... Oh, there's a pigeon that just landed over oh, here. What's up? It's like the Sopranos, bro. Yeah, the, the pigeon's actually delivering the drug. That was a crow. <laughs> oh. In the Sopranos. On the day that Chris was made, mm. that was a crow. Mm -hmm. Yep. Great yeah, I can I can deal with a uh, with a with a pigeon. Let's see here. Uh, the TikTok account... Could Ozempic be spying on you, bro. Birds aren't real, right? Right. Oh, don't get me started on birds aren't real. <laughs> what does Alex Jones think about birds aren't real? Okay, well, you know what? I don't have that answer, but I do have an answer sort of like that to the from the first time I met Alex, which was like a year, over a year ago, I think. The first, yeah, he did IRL uh, with Phil Labonte maybe two summers ago, and I met him outside of Tim's place, and he's interviewing Tim for InfoWars. We're all sitting outside, and Alex is sitting there, and a hummingbird just floats down out of the sky and then just hovers over Alex and he looks at it calmly and goes it's a drone <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe that's some insight into how he feels about birds <laughs> oh man oh, okay, okay. talk about talk about a gift talk about just a, a gift of a, uh, of a joke of a punchline you, perfect timing right there it's all Alex. Anyway, here's the last of this. The TikTok account, Ozempic Dreams, posts brief videos of text describing dreams submitted by followers, setting them to music to match mood. Spent in the night of a Home Depot. Here, somebody spent the night at a Home Depot ordering new cabinets and appliances for my kitchen. Wait, I'm sorry. This is in the dream this still? In, okay. Yeah. Okay, because I've had nights like that. Yeah, well, okay. well me too. Okay. I mean, especially after you get a new job in retail. I'm <laughs> ringing people up all for night. Sure. It's horrible. Yep. Um, my salesman was Clint Eastwood. He helped me pick out everything I would need. Read one, accompanied by a speed up, sped up version of the song Escapism by the singers Ray and 070 Shake. Oh, nice. I don't know. I have never heard that okay. one. She's all right. Uh, um, you know what? I like the earlier part of this article where they're saying that they weren't like the, the, there was no resemblance to their earlier dreams. Yeah. I like to see that interview process and what their other dreams look like because I've had some really bizarre dreams without any help of drugs, which I've done 
you know, in the past. You know, I, I have a dream that bothers me to this day where I was dancing with a little lady who was made out of toothpicks and we were dancing to Tiny Dancer. That really? dream haunts me to this day. Yeah. Why? Why haunting? Uh, j just the way it was to have to hold a li two little arms that were toothpicks. Oh, you were actually. I was. I was my size, and she's down there in a little toothpick body, like literally made of toothpicks, in a wheelchair, dancing to Tiny Dancer. Ah. Uh -huh. you, you don't want to. You don't want to pull the arms off. Right. right. So. That's that makes sense. To this day, I think about that little tiny dancer. You know, you should if you start having recurring dreams like that ever again, you should put it into the quite frankly forum thread. I have a <laughs> an open thread there. It's a it's a recurring dream repository. Oh hell yeah! People put their stuff in there all the time. That's awesome. And every once in a while, I dip in there to see what's going on. You see, you should be careful with that. I wonder if if like AI can get in there and start replicating things. Oh, it's probably sourcing right. Anything that's published on on the internet is it has already been absorbed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it. It's pr and it, it all these types of things. It's probably why when you tell a chat GPT, hey, write me a script for a certain story. They, I mean, they've already been able to source from, I mean, how many decades worth of creative writing that's just on the internet? Right, we've, right. We've, we've taught them. We've it's taught us. Them. It's us. Whatever chat GPT puts out, it's us. We all deserve that money. Here's, deserve the here's one last thing that I think you might be uh, interested in this. Uh, the drugs might also increase a user's energy expenditure during sleep, which could contribute to vivid dreams. It also is possible the drugs are helping users recall dreams they would have had normally but used to forget. Great point. Said Deirdre Leigh Barrett, a dream researcher at Harvard Medical <clears throat> School, the author of Pandemic Dreams. Interesting. Now... Last night we had a we had a conversation with a um, with an expert in out of body experiences, and we didn't get around to it last night. But we, I have discussed with him in the past that um, about how many of us probably do have out of body experiences a lot, but we have problems recalling it. We don't know how to recall them and to recover those memories mm -hmm. of, of doing this stuff. So this maybe I'll set this aside and I can actually bring it up to to him in a future mm. anyway let's get this show started up uh hopefully everybody's in their seats and we can now just get on to other things don't go anywhere everybody it's been wonderful warming you up now it's time to go this is max and caparato at twelve thousand and sixty feet you can get as high as i am by watching the quite frankly podcast and stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
It's Friday, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now the show has officially began. All that stuff that was just bullshit. All that stuff before was absolute bullshit. Now we're back. Um, yeah, always good with the openings there, and and um, gives you a lot of things to think about. I have. Did have you seen the? By the way, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you're watching this on Rumble, please give it a like. That is so huge in in just you know making us visible to people who uh, don't know we exist. And it would be wonderful to meet new people. That's the place where we can do it the most. Please just give it a real quick click. It, uh, it, it does a world of difference. On YouTube, if you're watching, please do the same. I don't know what that's going to do. Things are changing over there. We had such good momentum the first four or six weeks of the year, and we were actually starting to gain followers, maybe about a, just a dozen a week sometimes. But it was better than what we've done. Now it is. Uh, we've hit a massive wall. In that week that we were suspended uh, for talking to Dr. Peter McCullough a couple of weeks ago, really put a, a, a dagger through the heart of any kind of slow growth that we had. So um, I would love if you can help us. Just maybe we can up the live viewership, making it more visible by just liking the hell out of this right now. So please on YouTube, if you're there. Don't leave that button unclicked. Share right. it. You got to share it too. Sharing. You know, it's crazy. What they, they drop in just any simple word to these social media platforms to keep you suppressed. It's, I know. It's and terrifying. And I know that long form content is, is, is a, you know. You're fighting reels too. Yeah. Right. That's or shorts. Right. I'm sorry. Whatever platform we're, we're on. Yeah. It's all the same. But it is because they, they know they want their attention, our attention spans to be small. Yeah, so there's a lot going against us, but if the people are out there willing to help out, I think that we can we could at least uh, fracture the ice a bit. Mm. All right, so have you been keeping up with all this funny uh, Twitter stuff? Oh, which part? With the the blue checks? Oh yeah, it's amazing. Dude, they turn Twitter upside down. Dude, this is people are getting upset. Dude. Yeah, I know that. It's incredible. That's all I know though. I don't yep. know who said what, yep. but I know an NFL player just got very upset. Yeah, he called it a bit. He called it a bitch move, which yeah. I think is the yeah. stupidest thing. Getting upset over a. a, a I mean, that's what the, was a bitch move? Losing his blue check? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. It's the stupidest. Sorry, bitch you're move. in the NFL, dude. You're fine. You know, it's so much elitist condescension coming out of these people. I'm sick of it. It's great. I love seeing people with like 30 followers and blue checks, and then and then people <laughs> who who were like the legacy people, you know, the journalists especially, losing them. It, it makes my day. It's oh, a it, well, thing. here here are the, the the ways that they have to make this a bigger than it it actually is. Mashable actually had to go and say that gays are leaving the platform now. <laughs> the gays are leaving. They said here. They said LGBTQ. Centers leave Twitter following removal of hateful conduct protections. What does that mean? Yeah, they don't know. They don't know. They they have no definition for what's hate. They just want to be out. They hate Elon, and uh, they don't like that it's f a fun place now. Here, here's Bette Midler. Oh, Lord. <laughs> she said, Elon took my blue check away. I'm unverified. <laughs> after all these after all these years. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she could have it. <laughs> she could go back and get it. Fucking imaginary blue <laughs> <laughs> He took my blue check away. Uh, After all these years and thousands of tweets and free content, this worm has the nerve to decertify me. They yep. could be worse. You yeah. could have your shit taken away completely, you 
Yeah. Well, 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 yep. she, she's certified, all right. She's nuts. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm seeing more anger out of these people than they've shown us for certain tragedies around this country. That's what I'm talking about, right? <clears throat> I mean, first of all, what what isn't free? Yep. No. I, they, I, here's the thing. It's the and now what you're seeing now is the indiscriminate. I saw Ben Collins and people out, out there and all the underlings that follow these non-thinkers around, um, saying, "Oh well, well hey, listen. Uh, if I see a blue check, I'm I'm." I'm blocking them. <laughs> now everybody is, no matter who it is, if you are paying for Twitter Blue, yep. these losers, these absolute lunatics, mm -hmm. they're, they're indiscriminately blocking anybody who has a blue check right now. And it's so hilarious because they're so ill-equipped. They're showing every day how ill-equipped they are to live in a society mm -hmm. with even the most insignificant, without, I should say, mm -hmm. the most insignificant of titles and special privileges. Mm -hmm. They don't... It, they have no impulse control, and it keeps getting funnier. And now they keep needing themselves to be in that bubble too, you know. Like they they're they're actively putting themselves into a bubble again, so they feel safe. I think a lot of them can't uh, debate a lot of these ideas that they're coming across, so they're going to go back and and block everyone, which is going to make their reality very much more narrow than it mm. already is. Yeah. Oh, you're telling me? The non-checkmark crew. Oh, uh, Matt, Ugh. listen to this one. Another one from Bette Midler. She had a really rough morning. <laughs> She, <laughs> she said, Elon deciding that I'm not me, that I'm, <laughs> that, that I'm a fake, and obliging me, who has contributed mightily to your platform, at least until you tweaked the algorithm and tanked my metrics, to pay monthly because you don't have enough money and you're humiliated and because everyone thinks you're a pathetic douche is the funniest thing you could have ever yeah. done. Oh, yeah, you seem like you're having a sure. good time. When did her metrics tank? when Twitter got taken over and all these fucking bots got erased. <laughs> Her metrics tanked a yeah. decade ago. <laughs> Come on. You know what's funny, though? Like, hearing you read that, there really is no more distinction between parody and reality. None. Because <laughs> that could easily be anybody now you know it's not her i don't know <laughs> but it sounds like it could be her because we know she's ridiculous but it also could be uh ai who knows yeah no, well <laughs> who knows right sorry bet and apparently she has two million followers oh, so that's her. so somebody can go out there and, and create a bed midler account and right. they'll have they'll they'll have what 15 followers right. and they'll say oh they're impersonating me yeah, which is illegal now or on twitter terms of service God, right so just, what's what's her picture from here it looks like crusty the clown is it a picture <laughs> of her it, it's like a it's a, a caricature of her like one i don't know mm -hmm. i don't know what she's doing right now but you know wait, wait until she finds out other things that are you know other things that are not very savory about reality things like oh. how the ukraine war was never going to be won by ukraine ever right she's a big ukraine pusher so mm -hmm. wait wait until she realizes that that war was never going right. to be won yep um our infrastructure collapsing <laughs> yeah all around us doesn't matter not to her because she doesn't have blue check <laughs> that is it dude you know here's here's the thing about this because i don't want to spend too much time on it but the first waves of people who bought into twitter blue I, I mean, they did it because they thought it would be funny of how how the bet middlers, they they didn't like how cheap mm -hmm. the mark was becoming. Mm -hmm. You know, for the people who are always talking about inclusivity, they really enjoy the exclusive blue check. Absolutely. And but seriously, when you think about this though, blue uh, Twitter blue, you're giving average average people forget about the stupid mark. You're giving them the ability to edit their tweets. Yeah. Uh, longer videos. Longer videos, less ads. Uh, what's the other thing? I mean, I mean, you get to... There's a few other Supposedly things. Supposedly you show up in the comments higher or like you're given, I don't know, 
I, I, I just dropped it a couple of weeks ago because I wasn't uploading as much as I want to be in the future. But I'm going to pick it up again. Oh, I got it. Because the longer videos thing. Because, like, posting clips from shows, it would always cut it off. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to fight that. But I found out you could do longer videos. I was like, this is great. See, Especially because all the other places are failing, like YouTube, you know? Exactly. But this is the whole thing, Shane. Nobody ever talks about the features when right. these lunatics... Uh, these lunatics are going on and on like Bette Midler over there because mm -hmm. all they want is their tiaras back. Yeah, they 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 the check mark was a crown. Yeah, you know they were a duke, they were a duchess in this this uh, Twitter hierarchy over here. Mm -hmm. So again, we're just getting a chance to peer into the petri dish. And it's probably one of the last actual vestiges of like elitism, you know, because Hollywood's kind of dissolved, and and social media has done that where they've kind of bridge the gap between the audience and the and the celebrities. So celebrities been watered down because we can just tweet at them all the time and, and just talk shit and all that. And, and now they're like, that's the one thing that set us apart. And now he took that from him, which mm. is hilarious. It is pretty hilarious. Yeah. I'm still banned on Twitter, by still the way. Still banned? Yep. Elon, come on now. Yep. And, and he, he had the most... Uh, I was waiting. I had it. It was my Joe Biden parody account, and they won't let me change it or anything. Mm. Dude, just, I think you should just make yourself a new account. Just make... Oh, I can now. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> just do it, man. And, I, and I'll, I'll make sure that people know... Your, I'll, put, I'll push it out there to whoever, whoever I can. Elon will ban it again. That was... <laughs> I'll make, like, two <laughs> tweets. I'll have, like, 13 followers, and I'll get banned. Well, what are the tweets going to be? <laughs> Whatever I think of. Well, I mean, you can you can you can try to find the line and cross it, and then you can just complain that you got thrown off, or you can I, I mean, don't know. There are still people having trouble. Like I feel like it should have been a more freer than I was expecting. Yeah, it's definitely better. I thought better. I was going to get back and maybe right. able to change it to a different thing. I didn't even get the See, chance. See, like that stuff that has to change. I think Twitter in general is be a better place and it's a lot more fun. But there's still a lot of problems with like yeah. people being kicked off, and it doesn't even make sense still. And, yeah, you know, they're this, fighting. Yeah, with this all was that. before Elon took over, so I'm like, oh great, he oh, bought yeah. it because it said everyone who was kicked off or suspended right. will come back. Nothing. I'm not. I fucking can't. Well, this is not even Twitter's final form. We got to see what yeah. the, what he's going to do with this X X app, the everything app. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is it's it's, it's going to be a piece of a, a larger vision he has, which of course you know he's. I don't know. He's he is a transhumanist. Yeah, in I'm many not, ways. I like Elon, but I also don't like Elon. You know, I, I like what he's doing with Twitter, but it's also my trust. I don't have full trust because I don't like Neuralink. Yep. You know, I think that's a, a slippery slope, as they say. I, I like the ideas around it. I like when he talks about giving veterans, you know, the ability to walk again or see. But, yeah, that transhumanist stuff is right around the corner with something like Neuralink. And, and then him putting everything on this X app or whatever that <coughs> is going to look like. All that's scary. I, you know, and like even Teslas, even electric cars to me, you know, and, and I think it's happening already. If not, it's happening sooner. They can turn that off on you remotely. The repo man can take that back with the remote control, you know, just like they're turning off air conditioning in uh, Colorado, you mean California. They, well, they can have Teslas auto drive back to the place. I don't know if it was Teslas yet, but it was other electric cars. It might have been Teslas, but yeah, that was a thing. Just like you can recall a drone. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not into that at all. Yeah, Michael Hastings. Oh, Hastings, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot to think about. There really is. Hey, what do you think about the, um, in, in, in all of your, especially with the, the company you've been keeping in the last week and a half, has anybody been talking about uh, Robert Kennedy Jr.? And if so, what, what were, what's being kicked around? Because yeah. 
uh, you know, we haven't talked about it in person yet. I've seen you know some of my friends tweeting about it. I'm I like a lot of what he says. It's kind of how I feel about Elon, right? You know, I'm way into uh, how he was during lockdowns and COVID. I thought that was admirable. You know, I think he's. Uh, in a family that knows more about the deep state and how horrific our government is. Um, but I, I, on the flip side, I also am really sick of the same name, you know, in our government, you know, whether it's the Bushes or the Kennedys, whatever. So he says a lot of things I like, but he's also pretty crazy on climate change. I don't think his gun, con he's got, he's into gun control from what I understand. He still considers himself a Democrat, which is something I, I pretty much would never vote for again. Um, but he says things that I do like, so I'm listening, and I think other people are interested, and uh, but reluctant. I would love to have him in the studio. Oh hell, especially yeah. since he's gonna, he's going. If he's if you're running as a Democrat, you have got to come to New York. <laughs> Absolutely. So I would love to have him in the studio because, as he said. It's interesting to listen to, mm -hmm. and especially from uh, it, it'll make for it makes for good television, and it also makes for good just thinking. Yeah, th there are those legacy names, there are those um, there are those legacy families and stuff like that, and you don't want to go near that. But here is a guy, here is a guy who understands that his father and his uncle were were killed. That's the thing by the system. Because I don't want to conflate the Bushes and the Kennedys, because I think they're polar opposites for the most part. They're, they've got a lot of you know. There, there, there are there are more there are more facets to the Kennedy family, right? Than the Bush family. But the Bush, to me, especially Bush Senior, was more in control of a lot of the things that we don't like today in terms of CIA stuff. Yeah. And uh, the Kennedys were up against that, right? So that's why I'm I'm willing to be lenient with Kennedy because of. To me, at least, it seems like his family is on the opposite end of a lot of these evil agencies that I want to get rid of. Uh, so I'm into that, you know. JFK was getting into some serious stuff, you know, like Northwoods was, was a thing. And uh, that's a lot of people don't understand how horrible Northwoods was or like that idea, right, yeah. of, of a government trying to plot uh, false flags to start a war. Uh, and we should know more about that. So one hope I have is things like that will re like leave the more conspiratorial consciousness in America and enter the main stage with someone <laughs> like Kennedy because that's you know not that far removed from him, him, him himself but to your point Shane if I ever were able to sit down with uh, Robert Kennedy jr. Mm -hmm. I would have to ask him about things like this you, you said he's he's uh, nutty when it comes to climate change mm -hmm. I don't know how long ago this was but our buddy Leroy at viral news NYC uh, posted this and now I see it getting reposted in a few other places this is uh, this is RFK Jr. from a couple of years ago talking about uh, global warming in a pretty severe way. Listen to this. I think they should be in jail. I think they should be enjoying three hots and a cot at the Hague with all the other war criminals who are there. What about politicians, uh, people who deny, who express skepticism? They're selling out the public trust. He's talking about the people he thinks he says should be in jail, at least what we have. Maybe we need a larger clip. When's it from? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but his voice isn't as bad. It's uh, still bad, but you um, know, I, I want to I want to extend patience to people that have changed post COVID in particular, because that really changed the the landscape and a lot of people's. And minds, that's why I said right? I want to ask him about this. I mean, because yeah. this is a pretty this is a pretty um, harsh stance to talk yeah. about climate <laughs> global warming deniers should be put in jail. Yeah, it's disturbing. That's it. That's that's a, a point where if you have growth from there, I want to talk about I want to talk about that come to the For light sure. moment. Yeah. Didn't he have connections with that? Um, Solar company Obama gave five hundred million to, Solindra? and then they lost it. And then he gave him, yeah, 
Mm. So I don't know I, about I'm, him and Solyndra. I'm pretty sure I remember. I think he had a connection to that company. Interesting. Well, listen, this is only 44 seconds. Listen to this. Yeah. I think they should be in jail. I think they should be enjoying three hots and a cot at The Hague with all the other war criminals who are there. What about politicians, uh, people who deny, who express skepticism? They're selling out the public trust. And, you know, I think those guys who are doing the, the Koch brothers bidding and who are against all the evidence of the rational mind are saying that global warming doesn't exist, that they are contemptible human beings, and that, you know, I wish that there were a law you could punish them under. I don't think there's a, war, a law that you can punish those politicians under, but I, do I think the Koch brothers should be prosecuted for reckless endangerment? Absolutely. That's a criminal offense, and they ought to be serving time for it. Now, if, he, if, he's, re <laughs> if he's reserving his ire just for, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know what. Um, it, whether you're uh, a corporation, uh, whether you're a person, whether you're a politician, and, yeah. and you just uh, you have an opinion about something that may be controversial or hot button of the day, I, I don't know where. Need more context. I, I need. I need. The, I need thirty seconds before this clip yeah. starts because it's been going around today. I mean, that still is bad, but definitely would appreciate more context. But you know, it, it, people, it's going to come down to what people see as their top priorities with their politicians. Um, I need to see how he is on abortion. We see how he's on the Second Amendment, uh, free speech, which kind of was coming out of that video, which is alarming. You know, he didn't seem too into that. Um, but the COVID thing, and I saw a lot of Democrats flip, or at least leave the Democratic Party in places like this in New York, where they're like, okay, the lockdowns are destroying my children. You know, so they're willing to vote for someone, and this might be appealing to them because it's kind of a Democrat. But he went against uh, the odds. Yes, he did. He did. Uh, that's, uh, that's and and I will say real quick, he did also speak out even when it was uh, not so beneficial to his wife, who's deeply into Hollywood. Oh yeah, right, Cheryl Hines. So and she got a lot of flack for that. Uh, so you know, he. I like that he's not afraid to talk out, but it's you know only you know I agreed with him that time. What we just heard in that context, I don't agree with. Yeah, uh, I'm, and, and uh, cheers for her for sticking with him. So oh, far. for sure. Usually, run for the hills. Yeah. All right. So here's another story that I wanted to bring up with you guys tonight because it uh, has a it has a kind of a Goodfellas kind of a feeling to this one. Did you hear about the gold heist? No. Only the headline is in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, we got to read this one. Hold on a second. Let me get out of the way. Boom. All right. So this is from the Toronto Sun. <clears throat> Last night, everybody started talking about this major gold heist. At, at first, the reporting that came out said that there was $100 million worth of gold that was taken. And now we're talking, it's still, it's probably around 20 to $25 million that they're estimating now. But Lily, huge Pearson heist takes $22 million from major Canadian bank. Um, here's what we got. How did it go from 100 to 20? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They're gonna like, let's just say they stole hundred million. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, just yeah. Say well, that. Then they're getting nervous. Real quick, yeah. Then they're like, no, let's just not do that. <laughs> Give me eighty. <laughs> the theft, first reported by the Toronto Sun, happened on Monday in early evening hours and saw twenty-two million dollars worth of gold and banknotes stolen. A confidential memo shared with the Sun stated that the bank in question was TD, while the airline was Air Canada. Asked for a comment, Air Canada sent a terse note from a generic email address. They said, hello, we have no information to provide. Please contact Peel Police. Hmm. 
TD did not respond to the several uh, requests for comments sent to the bank. It's understood that gold and banknotes were being shipped in as part of an intra-bank intra transaction, though the identity of the other bank and the transaction isn't known at this time. An aircraft, this is a quote, an aircraft arrived here at the airport in the early evening, and as per normal procedure, the aircraft was unloaded and cargo was transported from the aircraft to holding cargo facility, Inspector Stephen Diveston said during a Thursday evening press conference. Initially, sources said that the amount of gold stolen was around 3,600 pounds, which would have a value of over 100 million USD or over 140 million Canadian dollars. According to one source, the fact that police are saying that amount was stolen it was just over 20 million means the thieves only took a portion of the shipment, not the whole thing. Mm. Officially, police are providing new details and other goods uh, other than the goods that were stolen contained a single aircraft shipment container, which Doivison described as being square with dimensions of five to six foot range. This short thing, this sort of thing should never have happened. And uh, and right now they have no idea who did it. Is there pictures or, or video of how it went down? No. Does it say no. Like, that's interesting. It's like an Ocean's Eleven kind of a deal. How You can't walk around an airport without being photographed or videoed. Yeah, you're right. Like, how did they get away with that? I know. Was it did. private where they landed? Like It was probably, no. it was probably Putin. <laughs> Getting yeah, that warm up. Putin up in Canada. Yeah, exactly. That's who it was. Yeah. Uh, here, here, on Thursday, police were providing few details on an official basis. Speculation on where the gold had gone, including whether it has left the country, remains just that speculation. One possible angle sources uh, have said people are investigating is the possibility of organized crime was involved. Ports of all kinds, air and marine, have been long used by criminal elements to either steal or move stolen goods. Gangs and other organized crime elements work hard to either place their people in jobs at ports, like Pearson, or compromise those already employed there. There are three main cargo facilities at Pearson, Cargo North, Cargo East, Cargo West. According to one source, the shipment was being handed, handled at Cargo East, a facility off Airport Road used by multiple brokers and carriers. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so, I don't know, man. That's, 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 not, that's not mafia. You don't think so? It no, could be. no. What do you think? It, it, it is the mafia, but it's not the mafia of old. As we know It's it. the mafia that took over when they arrested, you know, the mafia. Right. So you're saying the United States government? Yes. Either them, the Canadian government, both, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's kind of what Whitney Webb's book. I didn't read it, but I've seen a lot of interviews with her. You listen to Whitney Webb at all? I, I do. I would love to. That's another one I would she love to She should be to. on the show. Uh, she's one of my favorite journalists, but she talks about uh, how, you know, which you just said. Yeah. The government absorbed the mob. Exactly. And the, mo or the mob took over the government, basically. Because the, the mob, the mob won't it. do anything this big like that anymore. One, because there's too many people, and people yeah. will talk. They're not going to take that chance because they're in a lot, mostly legal shit now. Yeah. Um, so they're not going to take a chance like that because um, they know if someone gets caught, they're going to rat. So, right. it, you know, they're not, they're still around. They're just not uh, yeah, who's, as who's, dark. Who's more above consequence in the government right that used to be the mob but now they're yeah. indistinguishable exactly so did you, i feel that i did you ever see that that what the hell did you ever see that um that netflix series fear city yeah oh. yeah curtis silva yeah it, that's, yeah it's a good it's a good uh, little series that's what they used to call new york city in the 70s right yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what it's about okay yeah, yeah. cool it was about yeah it was about that yeah sleewa was in that the guardian angels and all that stuff <clears throat> oh um, cool but 
it was about just the extent of how much control the 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 the, the, the syndicate mm-hmm. the five families had over the entire city mm-hmm. and you know branched out beyond that and how everything was on it, it was really incredible to to learn about having the the unions how you know you you could not pour a bag of cement mm-hmm. anywhere in oh, that yeah. city without you know yep. it going to a a, a controlled job or anything like that so First, it, lay, it lays out how the entire city was controlled and how the, really this is a, 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 a pretty intricate business operation. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's, there's violence, there's coercion involved, and mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's illicit operations, there's the, the gambling, the prostitution. They, they, they have their rackets and stuff. But, uh, but then you start, you start talking about the introduction of people like Rudy Giuliani, mm-hmm. and he's in, in, involved in this this Netflix uh, series and you see how they came in and they actually started they had the the problem of taking people out because there was so much buffer space between the the heads uh, and then the capital regime and then yep. you have and then you of course your soldiers your people on the street yep. and there's so much buffer between the the kingpins and everybody else that they they, they were never getting anywhere right. and this is when they started thinking we've got to use these Rico statutes right. to start wrangling people in well, you know, it was an interesting story, and and you start thinking, you start, you get enthralled by the whole thing. But me, I'm watching this, and toward the end, I'm going, man, you know what? You know what? It's just we traded one mob for the next, yeah, and exactly. there is no one that competes with this one now. Exactly. It's, no I think, one. I think it's Thomas Sowell's quote: "There's no such thing as solutions, only trade-offs." Yeah. And that's how it is with that. And and you can see how our government absorbed that bureaucracy of just you can't even pour a cement bag, right? And now it's like, look at anything you do within the government. Everywhere you turn, there's a new thing, new rule, a new thing you got to sign. My um, in that series, did they show you the pamphlets of Fear City? With the skull? Yeah. So I have one of those because my grandfather was a cop in the city in the 70s, in, the Bro- in Bronx and in Manhattan. And his stories are apocalyptic. It's so bad, the things he saw. Uh, you know, just, he, he would say I had a dead body every day. Is your you grandfather know? still alive? No, he passed away a few years ago. Man. I have all his recordings. I, I interviewed him for about 10 years. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. I yeah. mean, that's it. That's, you, have, you have treasure there. Oh, it, it's the best. The, the best stories. I mean, he came back from the Korean War. <laughs> to to become a cop and then in, you know b- basically that the city's his home right and then he uh, inherited this this hell and the way the fires every day people murder I mean it's it's kind of sounds like where we're at now but it still hasn't reached that level of debauchery and depravity it probably will soon you know but it's rough it was rough the seventies <clears throat> were terrible well you see when you when you talk about that how Matt were you going to say something no no um, when you talk about that. The 70s in New York, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, are we talking about organized crime as the real driver for all of that, or or what? Or I what think was it was it? economic depression, you know, despair. Um, it, maybe the the mob was doing its own thing. The mob probably takes advantage of that type of situation where it's easier for them to slip in and then manage all of this. But that's I don't think they're the reason the city was just depraved yeah because i feel like they had a lot more standards than than the mob that we have today for sure for sure i think they promoted things that were probably not so good you know in terms of like drugs uh and and prostitution right definitely not definitely not fucking with children they weren't greedy they were in it for like the long haul they wanted like one cent out of every dollar not even that much they weren't like greedy they weren't like you you think that you think that in a city in a city controlled by uh any of the old the old dons they would allow children anywhere near strip clubs oh hell no well no well, maybe well, they didn't, i don't know it depends who's in charge 
like any any authority figure, it depends who's in charge. Well, they had their honeypot scenario. I mean, for for example, yeah. the whole Stonewall, uh, the Stonewall story. I mean, that was yeah. a that that was a a honeypot. Is that yeah. really? I didn't oh, know that story. Oh, it was a mob honeypot, big time. Um, I mean, what th- isn't? We, we we can go into that story some other time. Yeah. That's a beautiful one. Yeah, they got the the mafia done. Oh, that was the Gemini Gemini Lounge or something. Well, the, what they would do is. They would facilitate these places, especially gay bars and stuff like that, because they knew that there would there would be you know uh, that would be one of the ways that they would make in uh, inroads to um, to white collar crime like uh, stock market manipulation or insider trading. Right. Because there'd be a lot of high powered CEOs and financial guys that would go into these bars on, on the low to have some fun, mm-hmm. and uh, and and then all of a sudden you got something on them. Yeah. You know. Um, so. There's a lot of that going on there, but uh, you got to think of again the trade-offs. Trade-offs. Um, I don't know that that'd be a wonderful thing. That's a guy. We should have Sal Greco on for that night that we do that. Mm. I wrote a story. It's in the first book I wrote for Tim Pool uh, for Timcast Media, and uh, I, I interviewed a guy whose brother was decapitated by the. I believe it was decapitated by the Irish mob in the 70s in Hell's Kitchen. Jeez. And that story was crazy because it was basically uh, territorial. He wanted to open up a coffee truck at the Meadowlands when they were building the Meadowlands, and they already had it uh, a spot there that the mob wanted, and that was it. And then he was also, but he was lippy with them, you know, the brother, and uh, it just led into this crazy stuff. And I remember one of the crazier images from the story was when this gentleman who I interviewed found out his brother had died. Maybe it wasn't decapitated; it was someone else who was decapitated. He was probably shot in the back, actually, in a car. Uh, but when he was when he found out his brother was murdered. He went down to Hell's Kitchen to uh, identify the body. And the cops, when he walks in to the precinct to identify it, the cops are like, his brother was already here. And the guy interviewed said, well, I'm his brother. And his only other brother's out in the car. No one else came here. And it turned out one of his buddies, presumably from the Irish something, I don't know if it was the mob or what, came in drunk and turned the whole precinct upside down and then danced with the corpse in the precinct. Like, Get the hell out. Dan- and, and, he, and the whole place was still a mess. Uh, from whatever happened in, in this place. Yeah, the guy ended up going to the funeral and had a, l- a little bit of a fight with the guy interviewed, but uh, never saw him again. You know, it's those stories like that that keep you up. And, and, <laughs> to, and, to, think, and to think that there was somebody in that precinct that was around there to see this chaos ensue that ended with a, uh, a drunken mobster dancing with a dead body. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jeez. Yep. Claiming he was the brother. He probably believed he was his brother. You know, they were so close, right? But yeah, it was wild, crazy story. Oh gosh, you know, I, I just um, I know this is up your alley too. Um, I just I just made a reconnection with a a friend of the show who is um, is is wrapping up a a production with MGM Plus, mm. and it is a soup to nuts documentary series about the Amityville murders. Oh, cool. And I, I don't know when it's going to be, but I would love to have them come uh, come on the show and and do a a beginning to end retelling of that story because you know I don't know about you, I mean, you do a lot of researching on this, but Amityville is one of those things where yeah we're from New York yeah I I, I recognize that I recognize it as something that was not very pleasant, mm-hmm. but I couldn't tell the story yeah so I'd love to hear that story again yeah. and you know ruin my night yeah yeah I love those stories. <laughs> Good so. bedtime stories. But well, listen, you have a book that's coming out, right? It's out. Yeah, we just put it out a month ago, I think. Okay. Yeah. And that is, that is a, tell us a little bit about that, because before we go to break, then we can come back and expand on it. Yeah, so uh, 
I, I guess it was the first time I did IRL. Someone emailed us. They heard that I was into doing weird stories. And I got all these emails, and but one stood out. And it's from this guy, Clint Brantley, who told me that the Confederate gold went missing in his town of Washington, Georgia. Talking about gold heists. Yeah, right, right. So, you know, I'm already thinking about how I'm going to go find that gold now. Uh, who do I have to fight? But uh, so it, it was interesting to me. And I decided to fly down there. And it... I thought I was just going to write an article about the gold. This is the town where Jefferson Davis dissolved the Confederacy after they left Virginia. You know, the Confederates burnt down their capital, and then they left with two trains, uh, one with the gold and the jewels, the other with Jefferson Davis and his cabinet. And they wound up in Washington, and there was like a mutiny and a robbery on the gold. They also never counted the gold officially when they left Richmond. So there's a lot of disparity in the numbers. But within an hour, honestly, within 30 minutes of being in that town, I realized it was more than an article. It was going to be a, 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 much, a, a book, probably, because it turned into stories of uh, witchcraft, possession, ghosts. I saw a UFO my second or third night there, uh, and I was just like, I, I, this town is oddly possessed. Like thinking of Amityville, I was thinking about Long Island being possessed. I spent a lot of time out there doing the uh, Long Island serial killer. And people kept saying that, like, this area is, like, haunted, it's cursed, it's possessed. And uh, and that's how I felt about Washington, Georgia, just because it, it has had so many weird things happen to it. Whether it's before the American Revolution, leading up to the Revolution, they had the bloodiest uh, battle there called the Battle of Kettle Creek. Terrible battle. And uh, and then, you know, obviously the, uh, the Civil War went down, the March to the Sea, uh, a bunch of fires, the Bull Weevil. And uh, so, yeah, I was down there just like... Uh, inundated every time I turned around there was a story to be told you know me following these people who talk to ghosts uh, meeting these haunted dolls that they that they uh, believe are uh, evil uh, which they definitely looked evil but yeah it was, a, it was a crazy time so that's the through line is looking for this confederate gold that may or may not be in that town and then every time I uh, kind of met a new person there was just a new bizarre story to tell I bet you any money you think about you think about stories about the Black Eagle Trust mm -hmm. and everything we, we've talked about gold um, the the, the gold that was rumored to be in the basement of the of uh, the world uh, World Trade Center mm. at the, on on September 11th, yeah. a lot of different gold heists and confiscations and and all of that. I wouldn't be surprised if there are just stacks and bars of Confederate gold offshore, somewhere. I mean, if it was ever here, who knows? Who knows where the hell it is now? Yeah. Do you know the story about what happened in uh, Pennsylvania with the gold? There was those. I think they're called. They're treasure hunters. I believe they're called fools gold. You have to look that up. But this is this story was actually breaking as I was going down to Georgia for the first time for the story, and they had basically, as far as I know, located where they thought Confederate gold would be, and when they went back to go get it, the feds had swooped in and taken it. So now they're in a battle, a legal battle, of trying to get their gold back that they found. But then it comes down to who really owns it. A lot of historians will tell you that if you find this Confederate gold, it belongs to the feds today, which is why a lot of people probably don't talk about it, you know, if they find it. So what, see, that's the whole, th I guess so. Pennsylvania. I, Pennsylvania. I want to say Dense Run, Pennsylvania is where it was. There's always things like that popping up. Someone who's hot on the trails of something had mm -hmm. a clue that, that it was, uh, was uh, not uncovered up until that point mm -hmm. and then the trail runs cold or something goes on I, it's it's just it i was, love that stuff and it was interesting because this town it's kind of like they have a whole gold economy because it, no one's people have told me they've found parts of the gold i've seen parts of the gold but it, it seems to be the one thing keeping the the town running 
in Pennsylvania? No, no, the one in, in Georgia. Sorry, the one in Georgia. It, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and you mean just tourism? There's gold tourism, yeah, and, and and they don't like outsiders. They didn't like me with my Yankee accent. Like that's all I have to hear about. I, I thankfully it's Clint. Filthy. It's a filthy, filthy it's, accent. It's a, it's a what is one. that strange Yankee <laughs> accent, dude? If I didn't have that guy Clint who emailed me, helping me meet all these people whose family was like really from this town, I probably wouldn't have met a lot of these people because they are so reluctant to talk to anybody because they want to find the gold too. Even <laughs> if they had found some, you know, you might find a piece here beneath a, a, a pine fence post or in a in an old chimney in the woods. But you know they're still looking. You know one of those people from uh, from Washington, Georgia. I have a clip of him calling into C-SPAN. Matt, I was going to show this to you after the uh, after the um, the break here, but I might as well right now since we're talking about accents and and you know Southern hospitality. Here's one of those like one of the glasses spilling out of your mouth. Yes. Well, here he is. Here he is from Washington, Georgia, calling into C-SPAN not too long ago. Good morning. My question is. Since we're, we're spending all this money, where are we getting the money from? And my second question is, if I can shit in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, just wanted to put the, you know, that's just, they, they're very reluctant about us Yankees. Yeah, I don't blame them. They have a right, they have a right to be. I don't blame them. They have a right to be, so. All right, well, well, we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick intermission. We'll come back. We'll be shitting in each other's mouths. Oh. We'll be taking some, <laughs> taking some uh, more uh, of your calls. Actually, oh, I have some emails over here. I want to uh, spend a good amount of time talking a little bit of a follow-up of last night, and maybe we'll do more of that tomorrow night for the Saturday night show. But uh, at 8.30, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to spend 10 or 15 minutes with Robert Phoenix who's going to talk about the 48-hour window of chaos, historical chaos that just closed, and whether or not that window is closed, you just, you just don't know. We will be right back. It's intermission time, folks. Time out. Press the like button. Thank you. Quite frankly. 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 Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly, with Frank.
Oh, oh man! I would like <laughs> Matt said some new. Oh no, I can't. I would love to play those, but there's just that one thing. Matt has been working on a new character, but the second, the, the last, the character's last I name. Change, I can change the last name. Change the last name and and redo completely to a T. <laughs> Exactly the ones that you have sent over so far. They're great news reports. He has created a new character. What's the first character's name? Gary. Uh, yeah, Gary. So Gary is a guy is a is a correspondent who only reports on what? On like gay news and gay events. <laughs> like if he finds if he found he found gay things. For example, this one. It's breaking news. <laughs> breaking it's news. It's always breaking. Breaking news. He found like a like a gay some kind of gay activity in a in a park somewhere. Yeah, right? there was the gay uh, f- uh, uh, flash flash mob in, up at Crawford Park. Yes, <laughs> on uh, Thursday. Yeah. So, but he ha- he has to change he has to change Gary's last name, and we'll, we'll start <laughs> we'll start doing. Um, now this. I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. No, we will. I start. don't want to get you in trouble though. People should guess what they think it is. Yes. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but anyway, let's go and let's go into some super chats. Then we'll go around the horn and we'll make ourselves ready for an eight thirty visit. Uh, Jerry's Jono says, mm, "Pox reminds me of those Hanson chicks." <laughs> I know. That's the first thing that we start making Hanson jokes when they when the WHO stepped up and did the right thing. <laughs> Okay, Susan Springs says the quite frankly replay is the favorite part of my night. I can't begin to list all the reasons why I love you and your show. Well, that's very nice, Susan. I, I really appreciate that. And after a week like this, I, I just hope that people have that cozy connection to it all because we we do things that are uh I don't know, made yeah. me feel good. We had a good one this week. We had G. Edward Griffin on this this week. Oh yeah. Uh we did a little bit of out of body experiences. We did um I forgot what the first Two days were about, but we did some shit. Have you had out of body experiences? No, no, not at all. Not that I know of. But I, I, I think, I think, I have had sleep paralysis. Okay, that's where I was gonna go next. I think, yeah, yeah. I believe I have too, with like a weird tentacle demon dancing on the ceiling above I, me. I had something like that too. I had both. I had an out of body and a uh, sleep paralysis. Well, the sleep paralysis is the first phase of being able to Oh, well, no, the out-of-body experience I had is because I died. Oh, shit. Oh, is this when you got hit in the head? No. no. Well, there's twice. Like, I died, I think, once for, like, when I was a little kid, and then I OD'd on uh, some cocaine. Damn. Oh, I forgot about that. Do you have memories from being dead? Like when you came back? Well, when I was a kid, I remember like I was really skinny and like I was in a pile and I got like jumped on and like I got crushed and 
I just remember like going, everything like was white and it was peaceful. Like I was hurt, I was crying, mm. and then everything was peaceful. I was I was like ready to like just stay like right there. I was like five, wow. six years old. I'm like this is like really peaceful. And then I just remember like I just hear my brother like go oh, get his legs, shake his legs, and and then I kind of just like came back to when I was like fine. Dang. Did you start levitating? No. That would be interesting if you. You just started <laughs> floating up. You scare your brothers. Oh man! Well, hey, th- wow. that, now I thought you said that you had that that near death experience as a child because one of your brothers had dropped something heavy and it had hit your head. I thought it was something like that. I didn't know you were at the bottom of a dog pile. Nah, the only time I got dropped on my head, I like accordion myself. I thought uh, my back was broken, but other than that, no. Uh, Shane, have you had any kind of uh, any of these um, life-altering experiences where not not necessarily like a an accomplishment, but like an, a near-death experience, an OBE, something like that? You're you're a guy like me who likes to collect other people's stories. Yeah. But I don't I, and I'm I don't know if I'm thankful for it. I yeah. definitely am th- I'm thankful I've never been haunted before. Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, know. I've I've had ghost experiences, but no, I haven't. Not nothing explicit, you know. I I have this thing where I wake up in surgery all the time, and so like I have this weird memories of seeing the surgery when I should have been asleep. But I wouldn't say it's an out of body experience. I've, I've been like messed up a lot. You like, had a lot of surgeries. I've like broken bones and yeah. Uh, one, you know, I had like this. These both both bones in my left arm came popping out like a bunny ears when I used to do BMX biking, and then Jeez. one of my knees, I guess my right knee, uh, I broke that while playing on stage with uh, my old death metal band. Um, and then the other day, I broke at a Dillinger Escape Plan show at the, at the Chance. Shout out to the Chance in Poughkeepsie. Hell yeah. Um, and But anytime I've had surgery for these things, I always wake up. With the arm, I was 13, and the doctor said, you were in surgery for six hours because I kept punching him with, with my bad arm. So I don't know, you know what's going on with me in surgery and stuff, but I do have like those odd memories of being under but also watching surgery happen where it's like you're feeling your bones move. But you don't feel anything, you know. Just feel like the pressure. So you, so the the anesthesia, there was no. The, but you were just conscious of the procedure being done. But you didn't feel yeah. any any pain. No pain. It's not like that uh, Hayden Christensen film, huh? No, no, no. Thankfully, God, that'd be terrible. What the hell is that movie called again? Um, Awake. It might be awake, yeah. Uh, it, nothing like that. That no. movie will screw you up. Yeah. He's awake during a surgery. He's awake. I mean, it's a. I forget. There's a bigger plot. Jennifer Aniston is in that, right? Oh, I'm looking up. She's like a devious, a devious wife who's trying to sell him out or, or you know, trying to plot against him in some way. Yeah, I don't know awake. if it was a. Uh, it's awake. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. What, what's the plot? Can you? Uh, yeah, I'll read it. Uh, while undergoing surgery, a young man experiences. Uh, intraoperative awareness he becomes fully alert but paralyzed and therefore cannot tell his doctors that he is not sedated and is enduring the whole process meanwhile his wife jessica alba wrestles with demons of her own while her husband suffers through his ordeal yeah nothing like that for me it is and and that's a heart surgery so so he so this character this character is he's awake he's aware but he can't tell anybody and he's feeling them separate his chest and all that shit Ugh. Oh, yeah. Which is... Uh, ever, just thinking of stuff like that always re- makes me think of... Uh, is it Unit 731? Yeah. What they were doing in Japan? Like, oh, yeah. They were doing that to people. Like, you know, on purpose, though. <laughs> so those people were suffering under intense, intense violence exper- violent experiments. 
I know. I, I, I had a. I, oh, that's what I was talking about earlier on in the week. We were talking about birth control, mm. uh, birth control, and and male birth control too. And then vasectomies came up. And when we were starting to talk about vasectomy, you see how Matt is reacting. I was I was melting in my chair. Yeah, it was very very my gooey brother. moment for me. I got one. <laughs> oh man, I just don't know if I could do it. No, 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 Matt. It wasn't even just a snip snip. snip. What's what's he do? What's uh... snip snap snip snap snip snap? You have no you have no clue the physical toll three vasectomies has on a person. Oof. Um, terrible. But it was not just the snipping. We had a caller that came, that called in on Tuesday night or something. who was talking about the clamping process that they have too. Like they'll actually just they'll they'll clamp okay. in there. So you have like little two little. You're turning on some people right now. I don't They're... know. <laughs> some people, some sadists. Oh, I I think about this shit and I almost pass out. Yeah, no, that's it's terrible. Surgery in general is a terrible thing, but seeing stuff like that or seeing the, the surgeries they do for the uh, like the trans stuff oh. is truly horrific. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. No, I, no, that. I mean, people don't realize. I hate to be this graphic, but one night we'll probably—it's probably going to have to happen, because people understand what's what's being done to to people. Um, in terms of the vasectomies, or well, are you talking about the trans? Or the tra- stuff? Yeah, because the trans stuff is if people don't know what those things look like. The mutil the, the, the that'll change your mind. The mutilation of a, a penis alone—it's—it's it's child. It's mutilation. It's horrible. There's no other word. But for have it. you ever seen how they make fake penis for the women that want to be men? Oh, I don't. I might have suppressed that. I believe I did see a video. They take huge. Huge yes, grafts yes, of yes. tissue out of your thigh, yeah. to where it looks like your thigh has almost been stripped down to like the muscle. Mm-hmm. They take away all that, all that, mm-hmm. and they, and, and they like tur- they turn it in, they r- into a roll. They roll. I don't even. It looks sushi roll. Yeah. I had a, <laughs> Do you think like some of them are like I, I want a micro penis? <laughs> I would not be surprised. Nothing too big. <laughs> yeah. They've got a catalog, like it's a haircut. Nothing too big. At the mall. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I want that one. Oh, that it's one, that one that points a little strain off. It's like Total Recall. <laughs> you, you can pick your menu for your experience before right. you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, He's, no, those are brutal, brutal images. Well, and, and just oh. like everything else, man, when you talk about abortion or anything else, mm-hmm. um, they stay away. They talk about rights, and they stay, yeah. they talk about uh, life affirming this. They talk about uh, freedoms. They talk about freedoms, mm-hmm. and and healthcare, and yeah. they keep things very general. Because if we get into it, the butchering yeah. of a child in the womb, mm-hmm. or if you get into it, it's, what is actually done? It's human sacrifice. Oh yeah. It's like when I used to teach writing. I would talk about if you want to write a story, you could write a story multiple ways, but just two simple ways: using negative language or positive language. So what you're saying is when they try to sell it as like it's freedom it's good this is what you need this is positive for your future that's positive language right but clearly we know what the imagery looks like we know how it is in my mind human sacrifice it's disturbing and you can use negative language to sell it but they suppress that language and they only want to give you the positive language so that they sell that to children you know they sell that idea to the young young men and women growing up thinking well it's not that bad it's they never see the images they don't know what's going on a lot of these places like those crazy videos that came out a year or two ago when they were taking fetuses and growing ears on them uh, you know yeah, yeah. like we are up to basically unit 731 levels of of uh, depravity in these institutions 
Uh, we need to, and we need to do more to talk about it openly as if, it, like I, we stop. my wife and I stopped using the word abortion. We just say human sacrifice because that's what it is, you know? And I think if more people saw it that way, maybe we could, we could shift it, but it, it's pretty deeply entrenched in our culture. It's going to be tough. You know, it was the last time, uh, well, well, you know, it was probably a couple of weeks before you came on because it was when Kanye was having that monstrous run through the media and he went to Infowars mm -hmm. and it, I think it was on Infowars after the Infowars appearance that he was even making Alex a little uncomfortable very uncomfortable uh, you know, but he, but you're he saying you don't like them you like their uniforms he is, he's, <laughs> he's like no Alex no we hand on the Bible yeah, yeah. we get it we get it we, we, he's talking about that he's like I'm giving you an out oh here you, know, you, you just thought that the Hugo Boss uniforms are cool right so, no I love but I will say but then he also said I love the Jews right in that same breath but yeah yeah, yeah. that yeah. was a crazy week understood it was an insane week yeah and what the hell is I talking what, what, what? Uh, human sacrifice abortion something yeah he probably said about uh, abortion on Alex no, Jones it wasn't abortion it was something else maybe it was about the Nazis okay so of course that whole week was dominated by Nazi this, Nazi that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Al, uh, just another day in Ukraine. Right. Right. Kanye, anti-Semitism. Yep. We were just getting beat over the head with it. Yeah. And on on one of the nights that I I went on air, I I started talking about that a little bit more. What you were just saying right there, Unit Seven Thirty One, or what were the Nazis doing? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with their eugenics experiments. Mm -hmm. What were they doing? That, you, you think about what was going on over there, and what we have not only normalized here, but we have promoted and celebrated mm -hmm. as as acts of freedom. Our leaders reward it. Leaders reward it, and it's we and we we keep it as. You know, being able to push this and encourage children mm -hmm. to make terrible, terrible mm -hmm. decisions for their futures, right. or encouraging women to go and 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 live like promiscuous men. Oh yeah, and then and then because that's the whole thing. We oh, we've got our issues. We've got our tendencies. Mm -hmm. They try to make women as piggish as men, and I understand that women got dirty minds. We all we're all sexual beings, whatever. But there's but this whole idea that women are men; they should mm -hmm. go out there and get theirs too, mm -hmm. and all that shit. It's just it's resulting in this horrible abusive loop. They're also feminizing women. Sorry, I mean men. Uh, you know, so because it's, it's, it's reverse in men. Absolutely, you're the one. You're the one being courted at that point. Yep. But yep. the thing is that it creates this whole this this feedback loop where you have a lot of a lot of babies coming into the world or trying to, mm -hmm. and and then because you've changed the culture so much, there's no way you can really reverse it without being called some kind of a retrograde ty uh, tyrant. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, th we're turning into a theocracy. All mm -hmm. that other, all the shit that, that uh, Patty Lapone was trying to say over the week. Mm -hmm. um, you can't do that. So what you do is you start really changing the language about about the mechanisms used to um, to neutralize the result of having all the sex, mm -hmm. and that is you're getting gonna get pregnant. And and but what does an abortion? What is an abortion? Oh well, it it, it ends uh, gestational slavery. They say, <laughs> you know, and it's it's freedom. It's re reproductive freedom. As right. if, you know, so like you said, the the that all comes in there and. And when you start building a, a culture around that then, to embrace that as part of the original mistake, then you, you realize, hey, between this, the children, uh, the compelling of speech, the limiting of speech, what we're seeing with this corporate, uh, this corporate marriage to mm -hmm. government, 
I mean, perhaps we can just cool it with saying, oh my gosh, don't even bring Nazis up. We are living, yeah. we are living under advanced, yes. uh, advanced uh, programs. We that, shouldn't be surprised. We are the ones who hired the Nazis at the end of the war. Mm -hmm. We went to the moon because of the Nazis. We thought they were smart. Well, if, if you want to believe in the moon, you know, like we, we hired them. We decided not to prosecute the Japanese when we found unit 731 because we were like, just give us your information. We wanted to know what vivisections looked like in humans. We wanted to know what it was like when you freeze someone's hands and, and shatter them. We wanted to know what it was like when they were raping women and then, and then destroying the children, right? And ex all these horrible, horrible experiments. So we are definitely, you're right, under the control of sadistic and like our, the enemy and you know? to, and to, Con to Kanye's point the reason why this came up is he said he said the Nazis did a lot of good right. there was a lot of there was a lot of good uh, you know objectively good stabilizing right. things that they did around there yeah, he talked about infrastructure and the microphone and, and I, I just yeah. thought I, I, yeah, he's, <laughs> which I don't know what microphone he's talking about but yeah you know I'm talking about that I'm saying I'm saying well you know uh, it's it's debatable we should be able to debate this stuff and talk and mm -hmm. learn yeah. because why well, why is it so impossible for us to talk objectively about what physical technical good and improvement and innovation came right. out of Nazi Germany when um, well, I mean, look at us—the way we're—we we have more cruelty laws. Oh, we're we're I, evil. We're evil. We're evil. We're an I evil mean, society. For people Why can't to we think we're the moral authoritarians in this? You are being fooled. You know, we look at Tuskegee. Look what we did to the black men in, at Tuskegee with syphilis. You know, we did the same thing to Guatemala. Look at, I mean, we could just go down a laundry list of, of projects from AIDS. Echelon, oh, AIDS, Ultra, uh, Midnight Climax, Northwoods, which we brought up earlier. You know, we are the bad guys, our government at least, you know, and, but the thing is they've sold it in a way where they make themselves look good. And it, a lot of people think we are, uh, we're angels. And I don't know how you change people's perceptions. Or you can, yeah, it, some obviously there's a good amount of people out there who just don't have been raised not to like this country, but still they, they, they don't like it to the point where they want to reform it. They like it. They don't like it to the point where they just think that if they complain a lot more, right. they'll, they'll be able to control where the money flows. Right. So as you said before, we're not a moral authority, which is why I, I didn't understand. I think the thing that people were losing tried, uh, sat, uh, um, sight of the most back when Kanye was doing that uh, that run on all the media, is is that can, can you see how bad of a, of a position we're in right now if we cannot have an objective conversation Seriously. about something that is controversial? Seriously, that everybody can, you, with before every minor statement made, you have to make a disclaimer that you are not promoting Nazism. Yeah, like just it's it, ridiculous. It really is. We, we got to stop that. People just need to be okay with taking the arrows from people who are idiots. It's, yeah, because that's all they have is they're going to call you names. But if you know what you're saying is right, you believe in it. Even if, you know, I don't have to agree with you, but we should all be able to say it. And just because Kanye went on there saying things that you may or may not agree with, you know, first of all, if I was in that room and he said the Nazis did good things, I would have been like, well, yeah, the government, our government thought so. We hire them, right? Yeah. Of course. Um, but he, him saying that allows us to have this conversation and all the other people to then shine a light on things that are you know, perverse here from decades ago to today, you know? And yeah, and then like tying all that together with the abortion stuff and, and like COVID stuff is we have these leaders who promote just this like 
hard line answer to things, whether it's a vaccine or whether it's an abortion. None of us are talking about the therapeutics or the safe procedures, you know, leading up to it or, or safe sex leading up to all these things because they don't want us to have control over our bodies. Yeah. Right. And that's all these experiments are, are their way of destroying our autonomy. Right. And so people, but people hear that a lot of people who don't like talk about this a lot and they're, they're tapping out. They're like, I don't, that sounds, that sounds crazy, but that's literally what's been happening for decades. And it, all you have to do is look back. You know, that's why I, when I'm talking to people about this stuff, sometimes I'll bring up Tuskegee as like the gateway drug into this conversation because kind of like an established thing that they can look at and see and people still there's some people still around who are I think receiving money from that whole debacle um, and then from there be like okay so why would you believe that they would just stop doing it then it's very interesting that that's your your um, the the path that you follow when you want to feed somebody their first little nuggets of what how the world is or and especially how, what go, the nature of government is mm -hmm. because that's what I do too yeah um, I, I the first thing I always do is, is show people the the true nature of how government treats unarmed uh, 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 civilian populations and how they experiment on them you, you need to really show somebody you have to break their trust in the in the totally. in the illusion yes because these are the you, you talk about projected uh, realities these are the projectors but you can't take a sledgehammer to it unless you're in a like a, a debate with someone you know you when you when you really want to help change someone's mind or at least change their perception you got to go in easy right mm. you know like and I, I think I was using the, the Tuskegee thing so much because that came up a lot during the Black Lives Matter riots summer where I had a lot of friends who were like the government's gonna save us all I'm like the government doesn't care about you at all the government's allowing <laughs> us to happen right and they definitely didn't care about black people have you heard about the Tuskegee experiment right and they'd be like oh my goodness no, and that was the best part about it because you know when we start learning in the middle of the like tour the end of 2020 when we're talking about uh, the the vaccine is coming and then 2021 when we we're realizing that the greatest holdouts were black Americans for one reason or another right. I was applauding that as like, I like hopefully it's for because sure. they know their fucking history for sure they, they, they this should be the most skeptical group about about initiatives like this right yeah and um, so that was that was great but yeah and then yeah. they were getting shat on for being anti-authoritarian anti-authority right. right right they're like oh you just I'm, I'm talking to like the white friends from cul-de-sacs who who were marching I'm like you guys were just marching for them a few months ago and now you're saying they can't go to your supermarket yeah hmm. interesting interesting behavior yeah i know i know it's it's it, it's great for anybody to to have been pulled in two different directions at the same time i hope the government's on top of it Go, uh, government's the same <laughs> one that told you you can't go home but the civil rights march can go out yeah. i mean you can't go no, outside but no they church no funerals some places couldn't go see your the birth of your child yeah right screw that man thank god it's unbelievable thank god almighty that but I think the more people talk about it openly, whether it's on shows or whether it's in, like in just at parties, you know, I do think you're not going to change the world, but you can at least start changing the community around you, right? And being able to be like, look, I'm not insane for thinking these things that are established, you know, uh, problems in our government, and it's okay to say it out loud, you know, like people. I think we're in a position we're in because people got so afraid to say anything slightly critical of a lot of these issues we're talking about tonight, and so they just let it steamroll them and their families. Yeah. And here we are. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I think the thing is that in, in past situations, <clears throat> it might have been possible to have something just wash over us. Yeah. And, and, and even though every time something happens and, and elicits a response and there has to be a solution to it, usually the solution comes first. Yep. Um, 
you're, you're never really exactly the same as you were before. Uh, you know, it, who knows? I mean, let, let's like say that there's a, a rowdy, a rowdy night at a concert somewhere. Uh, the next time you go to that concert hall, there's probably going to be a few new regulations in place that they hope <laughs> mm-hmm. will prevent that first thing from happening. Right. Even if these things are born from from good intentions, yeah, it just it it it, it compounds. But this, it was too big. Mm-hmm. It was too big when when they're telling you when we're in our when I'm in my backyard and I got Matt and a couple other guys coming by and we're barbecuing the summer of 2020. And, and and we can sit in the backyard and there can be 45 minutes to an hour that goes by and we don't hear a plane going overhead. Mm-hmm. And this is months into it, that there's mm-hmm. just no air traffic, that they killed the country. <laughs> it's Killed you, the world. I know. You, killed can't, the world. you can't let that go. This is, it's so crazy. Like I, like I was saying earlier, um, I've traveled more this last, these last two years than I have my entire life. And... I love talking to all these different people from different cities, especially like the pe- like the Lyft drivers taking me from the airport to the hotel. And we'll just I'll just get into it immediately about what's this place like now post COVID. How was it for you? What did you experience? How do you feel about it now? What are the changes? And it's just crazy that no matter where you go in this world, you can have that conversation, right? Like they paused the world, destroyed the world, and I, I, I love slash hate having those conversations as we experienced, like it was crazy that we experienced it. Children suffered. A lot of people lost their lives from, from the depression, you know, from lockdowns, from fentanyl overdoses. A lot of stuff we don't talk about happening during lockdowns, you know, that wasn't COVID, right? Um, but it's just, it's always, it, it's so alarming to have those conversations and everyone is it's like everyone wants to have them, but there I think there are a lot of these people are reluctant to because they don't know how, how you're going to feel. Are you this way or this way about it? This way or that? So I try to navigate it softly while also getting their uh, true attitude towards how their city has changed. Yeah, yeah, which it, is it, tough. It's a little bit easier to talk about a city than it is to talk about the um, the medical protocols because there's been hundreds of thousands of people who are just straight up murdered, and mm-hmm. um, and to be able to tell and to to learn about a person's demise and then have a fleeting suspicion that yeah they did not it wasn't the virus that did it right it was a little something else and you, what are you going to do you're going to tell a grieving a grieving person that right. they're that yeah well, well there's no bringing the person back but yeah. at least you can go to bed at night knowing that they were murdered right you know it's not it's it's horrible it's hard Dude, that's how i felt like I love coming up here to do the show, but I don't come to New York often, even though I have family, right? And I left this place because we had a genocidal maniac as our governor. Oh, it's gotten worse. Oh, she's she's insane. She's yeah. in, it, but she didn't put people in nursing homes and murder them. She's insane. Oh, she would have, she though. But she would have. Chance. She, yeah, she, she, she would have if she had the chance, but she hasn't yet, so I'll give her that. But she's insane. But Cuomo literally did that, and, she and then he got me, too, and that's how they got him. She would have done it with a nice, big beaver smile, oh, she would have. Yeah. Because nice everybody get, get inside. Everybody get inside of the... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, please, get inside of our wonderful uh, nursing facility here, and uh, you'll be yeah, fine. We'll give you a goodie bag. Yeah, there's your Kathy Hochul. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's terrifying. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. I know you're talking about leaving New York. I had mentioned this before we we got the show underway, and I was, I was talking to you about one thing or another. And I said the thing that has changed for me as a New Yorker is... If I had somebody I wanted to bring on the show and have them in the studio physically, I know that if they're getting around the country or if they're, you know, if they're they're traveling a little bit more, if they have or if they have any kind of means to fly to a place if it's of interest to them, I might be able to say, "Hey, uh, I reach out to a a guest I really want." Mm-hmm. I would if you're ever in the tri-state New York area, 
let's have you in studio let's 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 coordinate and let's let's have you in studio yeah i feel i nobody's coming to new york anymore yeah. Uh, I mean, I know some people are, they're still big enough and uh, there's still a market for cer- certain kind of touring acts or if people are really big and they're coming to New York to go into a, a studio appearance, appearance somewhere. But it, less and less people care about coming sightseeing in New York City. Mm-hmm. It's not even just COVID. It's mostly post-COVID. It's, yeah. the, it's the violence that is left behind. Oh, for sure. I, look, what I'm about to say, I know, is rooted in my in my uh, psychotic optimism. Can you? Like, can you? Oh hold, yeah, yeah, for sure. Hold this, hold this, this, uh, this thought because I want to bring in Robert Phoenix. We have him for a very short segment, and then we yeah. can end with that. Yeah. Um. So hold on a second. One bit. Hey, Robert, you there? I'm here. All right. Hold on one one moment. I'm just doing a little bit of a this, a little bit of a that. So, Robert Phoenix, we have the last 45 minutes or so, we've been talking about craziness uh, around us. We've been talking about the, the transformation of society, transformation of our own thoughts and whatever. I want to introduce you, to, of course, to Matt and my buddy Shane over here. Hey there. What's up? And, uh, What's going on, guys? I've been listening. Great conversation. Well, then, then, then I, I don't need to tell you. I don't need to catch you up. You are coming on to talk about, more specifically, the last 48 hours, which a lot of people have brought attention to for being a very historically tumultuous and, uh, and bloody period of time all over the course of the, the many years. So what, what do we need to know about 419 and 420 now that it's all over? Well, you know, historically, it's been called the days of Molech, right? This is when, theoretically, uh, children are offered up for sacrifice. Uh, And uh, not just children. I mean, it's a very heavy, uh, very loaded, bloody day. I mean, you could go back to Columbine, which happened on 420. uh, And you have the whole trench coat mafia, which is a bizarre story in and of itself. Uh, and then, of course, you have, it's not just 420, but also 419, you have Waco and the Branch Davidians and uh, the incineration of the children uh, at Mount Carmel. Uh, you have Oklahoma City. Uh, I think that happens the following year, the Boston Marathon bombing. Those are just a few things that show up uh, around this time. So, it's again, there's this heavy-duty um kind of historical uh, context around the the sacrifice of children. And you guys were earlier, and this is what I wanted to bring up, which I think is probably relevant, especially since we were just in an eclipse period too, over the same uh, 48-hour period where the sun was eclipsed in the final degree of Aries. And this whole idea of ritual sacrifice, right? Like like the idea that, that a child could have uh, you know sexual reassignment surgery and it's ritual sacrifice and and I think that it's an appropriate conversation to have during a particular period of time like this and I you, you know you go back and you look at things like you know these events that happen at the Super Bowls like these mega rituals that happen at Super Bowls and then theoretically there's some other event going on somewhere else um, like there's the above the you know sort of the uh, uh, exoteric event, and then there's the esoteric event, which is happening simultaneously with the Super Bowl event, supposedly, right? So you have these mega rituals. So what is the, you know, what is the idea or the concept behind a mega ritual? Is to build momentum and to into into build energy, and that's why these things continue to happen, right? Whether it's 
uh, the Grammys or the Os- uh, the Oscars, the Super Bowl. But then you also have well, remember events. remember Robert that we had a big one this year. You you had the Grammys and then you had the Turkey earthquake, the gigantic earthquake in Turkey. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean that's that's certainly in the mix. So when you look at the 420 events or the 419 events, and you you look at something like uh, the Branch Davidians and Mount Carmel, and you think it's an isolated event, well maybe it's not. Right. When, and when I say isolated event, like, well, this thing happened and it was clearly and utterly tragic. But maybe what's really going on with these um, sacrificial bonfires in a lot of ways is to is to build the momentum to the reality that we're currently in. Right. So these things don't just happen sort of hanging out inertly in space that perhaps there's a and there's a there's a raison d'etre behind them so that we get to the point where people are willingly sacrificing their children in the exact same way you guys were talking about it earlier, and that these two things are not disconnected. So, so there's this, this big question, how did we get here, right? How did we get to this point where it's been normalized? And I, and I did a show, uh, a couple shows this last week on my channel where I, where I got into some of the factors around it. But then when you bring this whole 420 and 419 and this idea of the sacrifice of the children, and, and it happens during this season. And these are the things that we know about, right? Like, how, how does it ultimately get played out? I think we're, I think we're beginning to see it, and that the outcome uh, or the outgrowth of these events, these rituals, is exactly what we're witnessing, right? It's the, it's the normalization of things that have taken place in and around a particular period of time. Yeah, and it, uh, it, it, anything you guys want to uh, jump in on, go right ahead. Yeah, I just think he makes a good point. I think uh, they've they've normalized these rituals, so these horrible sacrifices are just perpetually taking place. So the the earth is just constantly wounded, and as is civilization. Well, again, and uh, as we were talking about before, and I'm sure Robert picked up on this too, is that as you debase the society, and you are able to shift perspective of people and take something that is objectively a horror, um, you know, when when somebody says they're they're going to, I don't know, health, they, when they talk about the eliminating of one life as healthcare for somebody else. Uh, that is that is a, a horrible horrible inverted reality. Mm-hmm. Now that is that is outside of the actual ob- objective act of of abortion. But what they are doing with the layer of cultural the cultural shift that they are marrying it to to give people this idea that what they are doing is life affirming and liberty affirming, yep. and that it becomes more of you're now involving. Not only do you have the death toll that is racking up, but now you're involving the emotional discharge that you usually need during one of these rituals you're actually you're you're tricking people into giving over their 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 energy to it right. just because we appear modern doesn't mean we're barbaric yeah. doesn't mean we're not barbaric right people people don't don't think we're capable of this kind of thing but we clearly are we just just because we're in suits and glass buildings doesn't mean we're still performing sacrifices that's right robert go go right ahead anything else you want to run run on uh yeah, I mean, the other thing that, that, you know, when you look at an event of, like an eclipse over the past uh, 48 hours, right, you begin, to, you begin to see things sort of that are happening uh, in the public space that and I think have some representation that are related to some of the eclipse energy. So on Monday, 
there was this video that went viral of this uh, this this trans activist who said that uh, he would protect his rights and the rights of any other trans person to use a women's restroom and he would more be more than willing to do it with uh force meaning meaning a gun right and he was advocating for he she would i I don't know the correct terminology but uh that they were advocating that others get trained in firearms and you know this is the hill that you're going to die on right and that's all again part of the symbolism of the last 48 hours you know when you start to talk about aries and the relationship with Aries and guns and firearms and the military. So you, you basically have an individual talking about taking up arms against people that want to keep them from sharing a bathroom with their daughter. And the eclipse took place at 29 Aries, which is the anoretic degree. And that means that there's like nothing left inside of the energy of the sign. So it's the last vestige of you know, whatever that, that sign is supposed to represent. So that's another event that took place during that 48-hour period, and that's gone viral. And, of course, you have uh, what's happened with Matt Walsh and the hacking of his uh, cell phone. I, 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 that's that, all kind of in the background. It, it, dude, that definitely is connected to the, the, the bathroom behavior. Um, yeah. the, even the Kentucky, I, I didn't talk about it because, as as always, you you just get finished uh, talking about one shooting, and then a few others get get um, promoted by the media, and it goes wild. And what do you learn from this Kentucky shooter? That they they found his manifesto or his notes or something, and he was doing it to be able to uh, to show how easy it was to get a gun and to hopefully influence people to get some mm-hmm. gun control uh, mm-hmm. measures in line, which is ridiculous because. He actually becomes the proof that the world is becoming so unstable that you are stupid if you don't have a line of defense that is equal to a gun mm-hmm. readily available. Which but, goes back into, sorry to cut you off, it goes back into the whole idea of the sacrifice. He's becoming the, the martyr. He oh, is the, sacrificing it's himself. All, it's all very death cultish. <laughs> wow. It's all very death cultish yeah. where the ultimate ride is you are giving yourself over because there's nothing life affirming about where the left has been led and is doing leading of the underlings that are below them. True. They're bringing people to places where life is not valued right. so if there's nothing there and if there's nothing after this then then really the greatest boom you can do is to choose the way that you're going to die in the most spectacular fashion exactly so 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 robert uh, can you talk a little bit about what was it oh man i was just saying uh uh the, oh again again you were talking about matt walsh it ties into this uh, this this mindset of being militant about bathroom access, but also this Kentucky shooter. That is bona fide terrorism. It had a political end. There's an ideological end to this this kind of uh, this kind of uh, behavior going out into the world, interfacing with the world. Yeah, yeah, I I would I would agree. There's a radicalization, right? I mean, this is what's taking place in it because this is extreme i mean this is one version of extremism and w- what was really interesting about the the kentucky shooting i was uh, the 10 it was actually the tennessee shooting in memphis um and i'm sorry nashville is that uh pluto had just gone into aquarius i think a few days before and it was like okay what are we going to learn from this brief ingress of pluto into aquarius and the first thing we we see is this this uh, shooting this death right or these deaths theoretical deaths that have taken place 
in a Christian school, a covenant school. I guess you've had three children and three adults, so you have a, the very interesting number of 33 as part of this thing. But um, again, I mean, it's it's kind of this weird, inverted, upside down world, uh, which is in some ways is really Aquarian. So yeah, I mean, that's part of it. And the thing that, you know, I keep looking at as we go into these eclipse cycles, um, the next one being really the big one in October, and then the final one in April 5th of 2024, they're all in Aries. And uh, well, this, the October one is in Libra, but they're part of the same eclipse cycle. Um, and these are gonna be very, in, very intense times. And uh, part of what we're gonna be dealing with, obviously, is what we've seen over the past few days, uh, that bizarre uh, video that, that uh, has gone viral. And Chiron is also in Aries, and the United States has Chiron at 20 degrees Aries in its chart. So the United States is going to experience its Chiron return, mm -hmm. and that happens every 50 years. So um, that's going to play a, a large role in kind of where we're headed, which I think is going to be ultimately pretty violent. And I just don't see um, the right and the left reconciling this ever widening gap especially one where you know certain parties are provoking violence right they're basically making threats that you know if you stop me from going into a bathroom with your your young girl i'm going to kill you right and this is all very heavy duty you know airy stuff right um and there's more to it than that i mean there's other things that, that we can get to if you want to talk about but i just wanted to stay on topic with it no i, I appreciate it we don't have that much time but I, I i wanted to get you on uh at some point this weekend i knew that the guys would would uh would rather enjoy a nice little um segment like this so so going into i, I know you're talking about an october eclipse and um what, what are we looking at for the next couple of weeks of spring and then hopping into early early summer what do you think yeah i'm trying to wrap my head around um where we're going with this we have a lunar eclipse coming up um in two weeks it's going to be in scorpio i i just feel like a lot of the money uh situation or money issues are going to become even more pronounced uh we i think we might have a bit of a brief window where there might be some interesting opportunities if you have some capital to invest in things like land. Uh, but I also feel like things can go really wonky because we have Jupiter moving into Taurus and that has to do with resources and hard assets, right? And it's interesting that this gold heist happened as soon as the sun went into Taurus, you know, which is all, again, a hard asset. It's not like crypto. It's not like um, Bitcoin. So there's going to be, there, I think we're going to be dealing with a lot of money issues um, over the summertime, and some of it can be, um, you know, exacerbated. And you know, you might be see some panic buying, panic spending, maybe some bank runs. I mean, that's quite possible. Um, I think that's really the big news for for this, at least if you know, just from my immediate take. If we're going to kind of break it down that way, yeah. But I, the bit I think the the really the, these eclipse cycles. But the next one happening in October, the big one happening in Aries, I think these are kind of the long-term plays that we, we really have to deal with. And and ultimately, we're going to go into this period in 2026 with Saturn in Aries and Neptune in Aries. And, and I think that's a very heavy period. It's a very heavy time when we're talking about like things like nationalizing uh, resources. And, and, and uh, it's going to be 
very intense. So what we're going to see here over the course of the next year is kind of a window into that world and what's coming. You also have to really keep an eye on what's happening in Mexico um, with the cartels. And that's another thing that came out during the eclipse is the news of these Chinese soldiers down at the Darien Gap, right? I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of broken the news wall. And that's when you look at these eclipses, especially the one in April, it comes right up from Mexico and comes right through Texas and, you know, cuts north and winds up in your part of the world, Frank. So um, that's another part of this story that we have really have to keep an eye on is what's happening to the south of us. Um, I think it's pretty significant. Yeah. Well, that was the last. Yeah. That was the last thing you and I spoke about, Robert. I remember we 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 talked a little bit about that. But uh, I I really I appreciate this little uh, correspondence from the stars uh, uh, segment over here, and hopefully we can do something a little bit longer in the coming weeks. Yeah, be my pleasure, and always always enjoy being here with you. And uh, you have, you have the best guests, and you you've got a great following, and people just love you and. Uh, and anytime you need me, just let me know. No doubt, no doubt. You, you're 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 a wonderful guest and a good friend. And and thanks a lot. I hope you have a good night. Yeah, you too, Frank. Take care. All right, take care. There you go. There is Robert Phoenix who wanted to stop by, say, hey, can you give us a little bit of a forecast? Now uh, we only have a couple of minutes left, so I don't know what you guys want to do. I've got. Uh, we can do. We should do some Babylon B, perhaps, to lighten the mood. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say real quick. What he was saying reminded me of something I, I learned while writing that book that just came out where I didn't know about the war comet. Do you know about that? No. Before the Civil War, there was a comet that was going across uh, America, and it was so close, supposedly, the reports say there was a shadow of it across the land, and uh, it was kind of there in the sky uh, for, a, for a while as the war was starting. So you know, people, people saw that as a, a sign of things to come. Kind of like him looking at the celestial bodies. Matt, did you ever know about the, uh, a comet around the time of the breakout of the Civil War? I don't recall ever hearing about that. I, I'm always interested in things like that that happen in the lead up to armed conflict yeah. or any other major conflict <clears throat> like that. Any kind of event where you have two two uh, op oppositional forces that are really trying to make something happen, even if it's just a, a really testy election. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things that are, are very noteworthy and remarkable around around those those times oh, yeah. you even get some ancient cryptid stories mm. like the uh you know the, the 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 first emergence of the of the new jersey devil oh really it was around another like uh, a revolutionary like the jersey oh, for real? The, the new oh, wow. jersey devil was would, would make one appearances of the first ones nice. yes yeah. og one of the, the og american cryptids the jersey devil and they would make it would make appearances around times where conflict would pop up huh. revolutionary war people would say they would see it a little bit more uh, the war of 1812 of course you know uh, coming from West Virginia area over there. You should oh, be man. doing a lot of people talking about it. Did you ever do anything on Mothman? I haven't yet, no. I should. You're hanging out in West Virginia so much. I know. You there's, even, there's like an hour away, there's a, a pizza place. I forget the name of it, but it's cryptid-themed, and it's amazing. Uh, I should do a Mothman soon. Absolutely. Yeah, it's on my list. It's on my list. That is one of those things that is... Um, I always stop and listen to anything Mothman. I know. It's that so good. Skinwalker Ranch, I love That's that too. Good one. But yeah, in terms of uh, weird things happening around crazy events, I mean, look at lockdowns. They, they said sightings of UFOs and ghosts spiked. You know, that might be because people are at home and bored and easily tricked, or because we're being observed 
uh, around these traumatic times. A lot of UFOs were seen post-World War II uh, during the Cold War and uh, certainly during lockdowns, so they say. Well, it's the other thing there, too. If you, if you think about people who have, have um, theorized that there is something about that, that, that charge... That's just, I don't know, that uh, that widespread charge that we give off when, we, when we're leading up to a conflict, when there's going to be, a, you know, some kind of a, a collision that goes on there, that yeah. these, uh, Mothman, for example, Mothman is, is legendary for preceding a tragedy, a, right. a bridge collapse, something else like that. Yep. Um, so some people actually claim that they saw Mothman in New York around 9-11. Huh. On 9/11, oh, wow. remember that? You, some people said that they said they saw a winged creature coming out of the smoke at one of the towers. You remember the things that were going around at that time? Yeah, that and the face in the smoke. I saw the face, which was, was real. Yeah, I never saw that. You yeah. never saw it. It's no. real. Yeah, there's pictures of it on like what's those huh. uh, tabloid magazines. Right. But if you watch the video, it's it's fucking there. You know what the crazy thing about that was that that was that a lot of major networks dedicated time to the face in the smoke. Hmm. I, I saw that replayed and they were giving commentary on it with seriousness. Because obviously it's not a joking time at all. Yeah. Because regardless of what actually happened that day to make that happen, thousands of people are dead now. Yeah. So they weren't joking about it, but they were doing like freeze frames. And they're saying, if you can see right there, and they're, 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 the frames are going up, frames are going up, and finally, boom, there is this no. menacing devil-like face that huh. is there in the smoke of the building and uh, and they say look people have reported and you can see there it almost looks like the face of the devil or donald rumsfeld something like that <laughs> i never saw that it, it, let's look it up yeah it got some it got some reporting hold on a second let me let me see if there's if there's any of the original reporting on youtube hold on uh wow the original video after i seen that i'm like let me go watch the like an original video of it and yeah it fucking it definitely happens hold on uh photos shay no no oh, let me put devil face yeah they probably made it so hard to find now well, you can find the pictures of it yeah. easily i just want to see if one of the actual reports which watch demon face and tell Oh, shit. This is from a volcano from three years ago. It looks like the same exact face. Oh, shoot. That's crazy. What the? All right, well... Uh, it's just malevolence popping up in all these terrible things. I know. You know what? Let's do a little bit of Babylon B. Lighten the mood? Yeah, let's do, let's, do, let's do some headlines, all right? <laughs> all right, first headline. Florida Pride Parade canceled after DeSantis tells participants they have to keep their clothes on in front of kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny how that happens. Let's see. Uh, headline, Pete Buttigieg calls on DOT to address inequity by using more gay crash test dummies. <laughs> yes. The P Department of Transportation, we were talking about that with the Jayapal woman. She mm -hmm. wanted, you heard this? Uh, I don't know if I heard this. Oh, she, the roads? No, no, no. Pramila Jayapal, one yep. of our uh, well, esteemed She's, members, yep. <laughs> she was in a, I don't know, it's some kind of a congressional hearing yesterday, and she mentioned how she had, no, 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 not her, it was uh, Rosa DeLauro from, from, uh, from Connecticut, how she had written to the Department of, of uh, Transportation in the past about how it was necessary we, that we get female crash test dummies so we can get to the bottom of gender inequities in crash victims. Well, of course. 
Yeah, I think we definitely female need to pillows. Spend money on that. Female pillows. This is a thesis she wrote in college. I'm sure. I do, I mean, guaranteed. <laughs> and, and like I said last night, to think that a member of Congress spent time on that, mm -hmm. thinking it would be a, a meaningful pursuit. Mm -hmm. That what you're going to put a wig on the male crash test? It, it's pillows. I just hate that we live in a world now where that's unsurprising to me that that was said. Right? Their lack of logic is almost predictable, right? What's surprising is that you better fucking believe, Shane, that they're going to make a female crash test dummy because oh. of it. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. There will be yeah. a female crash. Yeah. I, I It'll don't die every time. Yep. That's it. <laughs> It'll complain. <laughs> All right, let's see. Here we go. Here's another one. H headline, bloodshot-eyed, grinning Elon Musk says 420 was awesome and also, <laughs> has anyone seen his rocket? <laughs> That's it. Oh, wait, can I read one? Oh, yeah. I don't okay. know if you, you might have it pulled up, but I had to find this one that made me Hold laugh. on. Go ahead. Um, NASA frantically building real moon for Elon to land on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, Albert likes that one. That's so good. Let's do it. Here's another one. Uh, headline, Alec Baldwin now only allowed to hold out his finger as a gun <laughs> in movies. I heard that they that not only were the charges dropped against this, uh, this, this menace, but they are restarting shooting oh. of, the, of that movie, Rust. Imagine going back to that set. Oh, well, I... I if you're thinking about the money that was put up for this movie and all this stuff to happen, to not finish it now, knowing that there's going to at least be some people to watch it out of curiosity. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have to. Oh, yeah. I bet it'll be big now. Yeah, it'll be a cult classic. Yeah, yeah. Here's another one. Headline, Oakland A's forced to move after another homeless camp pops up on the first baseline. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you heard? It's official. What? They're, they're going to Las Vegas. Are they really? I, and I'm I'm happy for them. I think that they're going to have a lot more people watching baseball out there in Vegas than in in Oakland. And Probably. I understand they haven't been very good consistently, yeah. but I, I think that uh, Vegas has done well for the Raiders so far. Is that the the reason because of how much of a shithole California is? Oh, I don't know. It must be a number of things, but they they just I don't know. If I were if I owned the A's, if I had an opportunity to change the scenery a little bit, then. Why not? It's not like they're an original California team anyway. Mm. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I don't know if they... Philadelphia Athletics. Philadelphia, but did they go to Kansas City for a little bit before the Royals were a thing? I think they went from Philadelphia to Kansas City, unless I'm thinking Negro Leagues or... No, that's the Kansas City Monarchs. I, um... Yeah, I, I don't know, but I'm happy for them. I really am. Here you go. A headline. Another Matt Walsh hack... Suspected after he posts calm, friendly tweet. <laughs> he's, he's very, very bitter sometimes. Very angry. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that hack is uh, pretty oh, sick. I did you know what this is about. Did you see the screenshot from Walsh to Rogan? No. Oh, my God. So the guy sent Rogan a message from S Walsh saying, like, you know, hey, Joe, you a hoe ass on my mama. And then... Matt Walsh said, needless to say, I was hacked. And Rogan said, yeah, that was pretty obvious. <laughs> so, oh, okay, so they were actually sending text messages to people. They were hitting up everybody. So it wasn't even, it wasn't just Matt, you know what, I can read it yeah, to you. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Hold I've on heard second. about it, but I just know he was hacked. I don't know what. 
I can bring oh, up Jeremy Boring. Well, this is funny. Gonna, is it funny shit? Or? Uh, no, it's, I it's, mean it's pretty serious just because they've probably infiltrated every part of his life for the past few decades on the internet. It's terrorist. It's yeah. It's terrorist. There were there were funny things happening. For, if you're watching, you just be like, that's ridiculous that his account is saying that, sending these ridiculous messages. But the the things that are happening to him and could happen to his family in terms of privacy stuff is really alarming essentially you know when the new york post was had a uh, somebody on the inside posting all of those hilarious headlines last year and and suddenly everybody on twitter is like what the hell are these headlines mm -hmm. coming out of the official new york post uh it's something oh, oh man i gotta see some of those again those are hilarious but um but this was not when we realize, oh, you, know, you wake up a couple of days ago and you hear Matt Walsh's Twitter account was hacked. You're like, okay, well, you've seen that happen before. Somebody gets in, they say, I'm gay. And then, and then, you, and then all of a sudden it gets corrected and hopefully you find the person who did it. This was so much more than just finding a way to get into his Twitter account and you know, putting some embarrassing shit out there and then dipping out. This was, as Jeremy Boring said, he said, you might be aware that Matt Walsh had his Twitter account hacked last night. What you may not know is that the hack went well beyond Twitter. The hackers have managed to gain access to, well, everything, including 20 years of Matt's personal emails. What's, what, what scandalous information will the hackers find in Matt's email? I do not know. I'm sure I said things in my 20s that could I wouldn't feel great having aired publicly. But what will real Daily Wire... They're pretty much saying the Daily Wire stands by 100%. But this hack is as terrible and as invasive as it is. It's just another day in the office for us. Um, demonizing YouTube for violating opaque arbitrary... But get into this a little bit more. Hold on. Um... The exact moment Matt Walsh was being hacked by criminals, Michael Knowles was being evacuated from Pit, uh, Pittsburgh because of a violent riot protesting his speech in which trans activists and sundry other leftists burned Michael in effigy and tussled with police. Uh, that's just the last 40 hour, 48 hours, and that's in addition to the use of usual death threats, harassments, corporate targeting, and our daily companions. So... Um, so they're going on to talk about how this is just, uh, you, you got to understand, it is beyond Twitter. It is an all-out attack on you as a, as a human being. They want your personal life. They want your family scared. It is terrorism. It, it, it is 100% related to what, what went on with that last shooter and his, his motivations. Robert, Robert Phoenix really started stringing that one together very nicely. It, it's, it's rearing its head in different ways. But this is a, a group of people that is not looking to prank you and then beat you in a debate, you know, to, to troll you a little bit. They, they truly know that the only end game to this conflict, for them at least, is going to be violence. They need to be able to find a violent way to get what they want because intellectually there's nothing there to debate. Mm -hmm. No. Last spring I started really thinking about how we are in World War III. Then Ron Paul uh, said that, uh, it was it a week or two ago, he said he believes we've been in World War III since the JFK assassination. Mm. But when I was thinking last spring, I was thinking about like the Shinzo Abe assassination. The Guidestones, more of like a symbolic thing as a part of it, but we're just not defining it as being in a world war. Even COVID and lockdowns, kind of like what I was saying earlier, where you can go in any city any, or anywhere in the world and talk about what it was like for you. That is a world war type scenario where we're, we've all been affected by some horrific thing whether it's the lockdown whether it's the riots the the medical tyranny you know all these things we're talking about it's it's everywhere it's inescapable 
it, it's really uh, I, I don't know but what I was going to say earlier though just to tie that up I just remembered is uh, even all that said I am psychotically optimistic and I think there will be a I think there's hope for us all uh, after all this because we were talking about the cities right and you're talking about how no one wants to come to new york i was just in austin the homelessness is terrible uh, i've been in la is terrible and i really believe like especially in new york city listening to those stories my grandfather told me he he saw a city in total and utter despair violence every day and even still that city came did come back around and had a, a good time now it's not so good anymore but i think th this thing can be cyclical we just we might have to slide into hell a little bit further well i think the cycle that we're talking about is uh, is is resulting in that fourth turning yeah and this going to be a little bit more i think um i think that that hell means it's uh shaking up the etch a sketch yeah shaking up the etch a sketch that's the kind of um, year zero stuff I think that we're looking at now oh, yeah. but uh, again I, I don't take that as a that's not me taking a pessimistic stance I know that you, you need to wake up and be a boundless optimist to enjoy every yeah. moment you have with your family and your friends mm -hmm. um, but when you when you you talk about things you can't control and you just look at how a boulder is rolling downhill you can make an assumption of where that boulder is going to land mm -hmm. and it's not pessimism right you know it's just like i'm i'm watching the track of it yeah it, it, this this type of pe pessimism pessimism though is allowing us to pre prepare for our families yes right i don't want to be caught off realism guard. realism right, right just because we are we talk about all this despair and this depravity doesn't mean i still don't believe in hope but it's it's clearly taking place and it's probably going to get much worse before it gets better well, let me get through some of these super chats because we are a little bit over time, but I'm no way in hell was I going to uh, put the stops on this one. Uh, let me go over to Rockfin. I want to thank Fishhead Montana. Says, I remember you asking King Bao about his cosmology in some way. I, I don't know if I did. Well, you can find out tomorrow. Level with me by Hibbler Productions comes out. But I don't know what that means. But if you got a link to send me, send it to quite frankly podcast at gmail.com. Albert Frederick says, I can relate. I have been so terrified to say anything critical about or uh, about our Zionist usurpers for a long time. Hey, it was 2019 that uh, that con, um, I mean, that Congress, or I mean, Congress passed that law about you can't hang con Congress members. Are you talking about an anti-lynching bill? Yeah, you don't remember that? It was just about Congress members? Something like that. Hmm. I forget it. Uh, Canadian Mike says, not only was there a gold heist, but 30,000 chickens were stolen in Ontar Ontario, Canada today. Wow. Shit. Wow. Oh, those 18,000 cows that blew up? Yeah, I saw that. Did you what? see the video? You hear Bruh. them uh, crying. No, there's sad. a video? Yeah, man. Oh. It's fucking sad, bro. Dude. You just... There's just... He's... The, the things on fire with all the cattle or Dude. whatever's in there and you hear them isn't it fucking insane that you didn't hear about that what and all the fucking crazy shit that that's happens I mean that's how that's how much this, these tragedies are occurring we can't even keep up it's a revolving door of, of hell what the hell blew up? Uh, was it a dairy farm? Maybe a cattle. I Some know kind there of cattle was cows. Farm. Yeah, uh, and I believe that, it was eighteen thousand. Yeah, it, right? that, that was terrible. Mm hmm. Like you heard them yeah. in there, like there was nothing. The whole th flames coming out everywhere. It doesn't even sound real. Like I didn't see the video. I just mean like the story in yeah, general it's... doesn't even sound real. Well, I mean, we heard that we, there was a there were a massive die off of cows last summer. That's right. Yeah, massive. When they, they all were like 
yeah, stiff. We're and talking about thousands. Over from heat. Yeah. Thousands. From heat. And they, from the heat. They said it was heat stroke. Now, yeah. some, I had Bullshit. some cattle ranchers mm-hmm. had gotten in touch with me. They said it's it's possible for some of this to happen, especially with the older cows. Right. But I remember what we were seeing. It was just... It was just... Too, it didn't make sense. No, it didn't. It and didn't. then the sheep running in the circle for like three oh, days shit. last year. Remember that? There's a that? ton of animals doing that. Yeah. Yeah. All, all around the world. Oh, we're in some shit right now, man. We are in some major shit. I, also, a lot of the, the, the migratory patterns of dolphins and whales are all messed up uh, in large part because of uh, wind turbine oh, uh, wow. power yeah. creation. Yep. We, were, we were doing that a little bit a couple of weeks ago with our friend Jim Lynn Lee. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Jim Lynn has been watching out there. I saw Jim Lee in the chat room. What's going on, Jim? ClimateViewer.com. Um, but KT Sky D says, you did have a great week, Frank. It's been quite enjoyable to watch. Have the best weekend. Thank, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, Jerry Coogan says, Shane is a tremendous guest. Thank you. I agree. I agree, Jerry. And whenever, whenever he's up here, for whatever godforsaken reason, he should stop by. <laughs> um, over on Foxhole, let me just rip through these real quick. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Porpoiseful. Hangton Alien Surfer says, Friday Cookie. Thank you so much. Chai Possum. Cave Toads as high as Frank and Studio Friends tonight. Jesse 811 again. Thank you, Sean Joe. Jesse, Chai Pot, a lot of great things and tips coming in on uh, Foxhole. Cave Toad again, we want access to the current and cool Set the Charge videos. Pretty please with silver on top. Well, the band is going, we have a couple of, a lot of great ideas that we want to get to. We just have a limited work schedule. And um, and uh, don't worry, whatever we do put out is going to have a, a video attached to it. What's the point of doing it these days if you don't have one of those? Mm. Um, Sean Joe, Robert Sarns, Boys Block, Amazington says, I saw the movie Nefarious today. Excellent. See if you can. Very prescient. I have it uh, down as a must-see because too many people are telling me to see it now. Um, I think it's a, a possession story. Oh, cool. Also, Padre Pio came out. No. June 2nd. June 2nd. Oh. That, okay. Yeah, that looks good. The Pio story. Yep. Have you ever been able to talk to Shia LaBeouf? No. No, that's a guy you got to sit down with one day. I would love to, yeah. And then t- tell him, tell him we said hi. Yeah, for we, sure. He's you, cool now. Well, <laughs> he he calmed down. He took his medicine. You know, Matt and I. If Matt, if you and I got to sit down in a room with Shia LaBeouf, that would be surreal. That I think that's. Be, I think that's cool. very possible. It yeah, would. Be. It would be cool. Yeah. But we'd have to tell him. He said, "Listen." Back in the the, the whole, he wouldn't do stuff. We I were, think he would take it well. I think he would. He seems like super open. Yeah, well, and, he he after filming this movie, he's like he's religious now. He converted oh, yeah. to Catholicism yep. and like he, you know, so I'm sure he's a little more tolerant than when yeah. he was uh Yeah. Back the interview then. he did with that priest, um I forget his name, father or something, but it was incredible. Yeah. It was it was I, really, I, really I watched, I watched the, yeah. I think a clip of it. I don't think I watched the full thing. Hey, I, I hope so because he's one of those MK Ultra types. Um, the you just you know types. Yeah, you, you've, you're you're in that kind of a uh, vampiric industry from the time that you're in middle school or and yeah. or younger, and a lot of people don't get out of that 
don't get out of that in in in, in one piece, and he almost didn't. It's rare so, to see someone get out. Yeah, yeah so that that'd be that'd be cool. Uh, Amazington, thank you. Quite Steve Lee says appreciate you, Frank. By the way, the gold backs are about twice the price per ounce for gold than coins. Twice the price per ounce. I don't know uh, from where. I don't know. That is from a, a certain place. The price per ounce. Maybe not, I'm not uh, calculating that. Anyway, if you got questions about that, you can talk to um, to uh, what's his name, Tony, and I'll have him on on Monday. I can ask him about whatever you want. Email me a question or something, so I can write it down in my notes and bring it up on Monday. Empress bitch to you. Jesse and Chai Possum, great show. Thanks, Frank, Matt, Shane, and Robert. Let's do it again soon. Thank you all so very much. All right. Give us some plugs here, Shane. Where can people buy the book, and where are you going to be next? Because I know that you are hopping on hopping on the, uh, the, the the Timcast train, and you're going all over the country soon. So yeah. who knows where you're going to pop up next? Yeah, I just got back from Austin where we recorded an uh, awesome podcast for Tim's uh, The Culture War with Alex Jones and Luke Rukowski. Uh, that's on Tim Pool's channel. You can find my new book at ghostofthecivilwar.com. You can find me at Shane Cashman everywhere. And next up, oh, you know what's next for me? Actually, before I even travel, again, I am publishing a story next week about uh, my four days I spent with the rapper Riff Raff oh. in Florida. Uh, and that should be a pretty wild story. Um, that was awesome. So I'm doing that. And then uh, off to off to the next thing. And what that next thing is, you just you just never Honestly, know. Honestly, it's different every day. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> you gotta roll with it, Matt. Uh, you anything you want to leave people with? Nah. Okay. Where can we find your new characters? <laughs> oh yeah. You well, know? Where can we find? Was it Gary? Uh, yeah, on, on the show here. Whenever it's uh, I change his last name. <laughs> Hold on a second. Wait, there's there's not. Uh, I won't play the. <laughs> We, we got a little tiny. See, Matt got a new phone, so he's been able to send voice notes a little bit better. Let me see what this one is. That one. That, that was breaking news, right? Yeah, so see what's yeah. a good one. Hold on. Perfect. Just, uh, just fast forward it. That is okay. exactly what I thought the last name hold on. was. Really? All right, hold on. Wait a second. Scary. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we, we, okay, so we got past the name. We got past the name. Here is uh, the new. Uh, this is a very, very exclusive report from Gary, yes. who was on the CNN. Uh, CNN. Here we go. It's for CNN. Reporting. Um, there's a, a gay flash mob that just up in Crawford Park in Rybrook. I'm on my way. We'll be reporting when we get a little closer to the gay. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that it sounds like he's in a hurricane, like one of those reporters outside well, with the wind. Well, no, you know what it is? He's from the Wisconsin area, so he has like that little accent there. <laughs> Great. Go as we get a little Great. bit closer to the gay. <laughs> Hold on, here's another one. Let's see. Here. They're coming with their gay tank. They're oh. their, their gay flags. There's their dicks are out and they're coming all over the place. And it's gay. A lot of gay stuff and 
they're showing their assholes <laughs> roping all over the place and now I gotta jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy's got problems. I imagine I hope there's videos that you're gonna make for these as well, right? Well we'll must. see. In 2023. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it all leads. This guy is definitely a trailblazer, though. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, uh, Shane, I hope everybody goes check it. You said, uh, what's the, the URL, the main URL? Uh, for the book is uh, ghostofthecivilwar.com. Ghostofthecivilwar.com. Matt, thank you again. And I, uh, I I hope I see many of you guys hanging out with me tomorrow. And I don't know who's going to be here tomorrow night. But uh, even if I'm just around for an hour, we'll take some calls. I'll dip so into some of the emails that had come in about our wonderful show on out-of-body experiences last night. Tomorrow, I'll probably go live around 9.30 or so. Stay live until about 10.30, 11. Who knows? But um, perhaps you'll join in. Thanks for everything. We'll see you soon. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite Frankly is filmed before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatter, starting with Albert Frederick, Canadian Mike, KT Sky D, Jerez Jono, Susan Spring, Matt of the North, and all of my wonderful friends over there on Foxhole. You enjoy yourselves tonight, ladies and gents. And tomorrow is another day.